Hello, this is Scott Hanna, artist on Iron Man, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Magic. That's what that is. Pure magic. I tried. I reached down, you know, after the butt hurt this afternoon, so I tried to accommodate for... I had to overcompensate for, you know, that... that that gut punch you pull out one of those childhood incidents that really scarred uh, absolutely well I don't have to it doesn't have to be a childhood experience it could be three hours ago with you guys I didn't who I got I hurt you or did, did Jason must have did because I don't hurt anyone. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't read anything got <laughs> <laughs> because he suggested I do like this like burn Sama type of vintage and I said well that I said I said Problem with that is that it, I feel like when we get mimicry, people are trying to mimic what somebody else is like doing on their own, and then you suggest a taskmaster, and I was sucking you off over it, and David got upset. <laughs> he wanted it's okay, he gets it. No, don't worry about it. I got you know, I have my one good idea, you know, three, four NYCCs ago, we're good. You have good ideas all over the place, don't you be sh- cutting yourself down. Oh, <laughs> uh, just love pulling the strings. It's so easy. You call you Geppetto. With your goomy Oh my god, my pager's blowing up. This weekend, <laughs> this weekend, as far as comics goes, was absolute magic. Everything I read was outstanding. Outstanding. Yep, and they were all new. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I got my box. Baby. Box in your room and shit. Yeah. Sweet. They were all excellent. So I'm gonna get to some of them. We'll get. To I read some something of them. this evening that. Well, I'll no, yeah, like you said, well, I'll um, I'll talk about it when we get to it. But it it it's um, it doesn't it it doesn't change my mind or give me a different outlook. But it's definitely it makes a case for Gwen Stacy. No, <laughs> no, because my big thing is always, you know, it's 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 the whole, you know, I'm I'm anti spoiler. It's it's the journey. It's it's not it's not. It doesn't matter, you know. Oh, just because you know how it ends doesn't mean that you know that that. Part of the fun is is going on the journey to get there, and it's like, and it's not. It, it, this is one of those times where everything is pretty much telegraphed, but getting to it is like, well, that was that's pretty cool. I still enjoyed getting up to that point. Did you ever notice sometimes? Oh, it's the journey. It's the journey when the payoff is really good, but when the payoff sucks, it's like, fuck this. I'm never reading this yeah. again. This was this was horrible. So it, yeah, if if you get the money shot at the end, everything's good. But if if the the weight was not worth it, then cast a whole big wet stinky blanket over everything. Hey everybody, let's not start on a downer. It's eleven o'clock comics, episode three hundred and thirty-two, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Wow, middle initial on everything. Well, fancy schmantz. I don't have a middle initial because I'm Titus Welliver. <laughs> You're not Titus Welliver. I am. No, I know for a fact that you're not. You are the delectable Jason Wood, everybody in the house. Now now I might actually watch the last ship. Yeah, that's right. I bailed off the last ship early. I was suggested. I I don't mean to to interrupt. I I mean, I know that, that Jason was watching it, and it was suggested to me by someone else that now that the season's over, once it gets to Netflix or wherever, um, I should invest the time and, and watch the, the, the 10, 12, 13 
hours of the first season. So I will. Huh. Hmm. It can't be as good as The Strain. I don't care what anybody says. No, I don't think it is. And I think that is why I didn't really want to get into it because it's like, oh, I'm going to watch The Strain and it's already, you know, about a whole virus thing, just judging from the commercials. And here's the last ship about, you know, these service men and women and, and, and there's another virus. And I'm like, I don't, I kind of got burned on the whole Franklin and Bash and Suits thing. And I'm like, I don't really want to go down that road, but I, now that I've heard what I've heard about it, I'll like I said, I'll I'll give it a shot. But I, I what what draws you to it, Jason? Well, I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for <laughs> post-apocalyptic stories of any kind. So the and premise what? of of the world ending on a plague is right up my alley. I mean, The Stand is one of my favorite books and all that. So I I was going into it under that kind of groove, but you know. I mean, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if it was while we were recording or when we were just chatting uh, before recording, but it, it, it was a pretty slow build, I thought, at times this season. But uh, it ended on a high note. My my kids were into it, too, so it was one of those shows where we could watch together because they got into it. Um, it has potential, and I'll say this, it, it the status quo that we're left with exiting the season has a lot more world-building opportunity. Uh, than it did when we got started and they were literally just on that ship having to figure out a way to survive. But there were some pretty good moments of drama. Uh, it, it was analogous to a terrestrial version of Battlestar Galactica, right? Where, where mm. they're, you know, they, they, it's, it's, it's a struggle to get fuel. It's a struggle to get food. It's a struggle to, you know, handle any kind of, of, of crisis on, on the, in the closed quarters and morale. So, so th- there's definitely stuff they could do. But I was halfway through the season was wondering what what will they do for seasons two, three, so on and so forth if it gets picked up. And they did a nice job answering that. They they set they they, they have set up um a new big bad who I won't say who it is, but but uh, I will say it's a female and she's pretty she's a pretty awesome actress and I really like where they they left the cliffhanger of the season. So I think I'm on board at least for the start of the second season. It, but it's not as good as a strain. It, it's it's on an episode to episode basis. I think you have to. It, the whole season was was worthwhile, but I, I don't blame anybody that tapped out after the first two or three episodes. Hmm. Don't the kids make everything better? Mm-hmm. I, I will sit and endure the most reprehensible stuff. Like I'll watch Here Comes Honey Boo Boo because Ugh. my kids my kids love it. And just to sit them, see there, sit there and see them like just into this absurdity. I love it. I'll, I'll watch anything with the kids. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But, and you don't have to watch absurdity to get cheap prices on comics. All you got to do is go on over. That was a terrible segue. I'm sorry. Go on over to discount comic books. Oh, now service. we're going to point out that they're terrible. DC, I think they knew from the get-go it was a bad one. DCBService.com, people. Get your books cheap. Uh, once again, we are in the void. We're in limbo. We don't know what they were, are going to select for discount this month, but rest assured, you always know what I'm going to say. There's going to be a lot of them, and they're going to be as deep as Yodorowsky, man. The, the discounts are going to be so deep, you won't even be able to see the surface. DCBService.com, they are the best. And while you're over there, check out their sister site, InStockTrades.com, because they got a lot of stuff for cheap there too. It's all cheap. You can get lots of comics for a little bit of money. Littles. Bada boom. DCBService.com. Word. <gasps> tell them 11 o'clock saying. Hootie hoo. After you tell yeah. us what you're drinking. Oh, snap. 
Oh, I'm living large this week. And in charge? Yeah, I am drinking Diet Right Pure Zero. Oh, mm. Right. <laughs> Diet Right, where they had a tab? <laughs> it's terrible. That's like Bobo Fresca. I know, it's bad. Oh, it's like tax. It's like yeah. Tang. Oh, Tang. Remember Tang? Do they still sell Tang? I do, I do yes, remember yes, Tang. I think they still make Tang. That is awesome. Oh, God. I like to hang with some Tang. What are you drinking, Jason? Whoo, I am classing up the joint much more than Vin- than Vincenzo is. Uh, sparkling water? <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I am drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, uh, Pepper. DDP. They're in it. DDP, like yoga. That's it, baby. <laughs> the diamond. <laughs> diamond cutter. The, How about uh, you, David? What you drinking? I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed at myself. Because I, um, I mean, I could just say what I'm drinking, but I gotta get the fucking, I, I gotta make a story out of it. Cause Vince was telling me some stories before we got connected and, and, uh, to get to So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna follow his lead there. Um, two days in a row now, because we got home, dude was working on, on the front door in the house. It's too fucking hot to do jack shit. So I didn't get on the treadmill for the second day in a row. So I'm pissed. So. It's night. I wanted something cold, but I sure as hell wasn't going to have any beer tonight. So I am drinking some. I have, I have water back for after, but I am. Uh, I threw some rocks in uh, a glass and and sipping on some uh, some whiskey. Nice. Sometimes it's hard to get to the point. Yeah. You want to embellish. You want to paint that beautiful picture for them. And sometimes, you know what I mean? You, or I just want you to over, overwork it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I know not you. I'm saying it, like in general, it, we. It, it, yeah, you're fine. Ain't oh. no holla back, girl. Right. So, <laughs> wow. Nobody, nobody has. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. What's the funny? You know what I got? I, you, I got to say this anaconda bullshit. Nina's listening to this uh, Nicki Minaj yes, yes. anaconda. It's horrible. It's horrible stuff, and I don't want to hear it anymore. How do I make it go away? She'll get over it. It's pop music. Uh, She'll get past it. Uh, dude, it's it's terrible. Well, you know, every one of us knows that you don't want to be. If you want her to get past it, then you don't tell her not to listen to it because then they'll I know auger in right. Because you know, my parents did the same thing to me. I know, and look, you ended up somehow convincing yourself Zappa was awesome. Oh snap! <laughs> I had to move on from that. I, I don't Ouch. take the bait easily. What are we reading, boys? Oh snap! What aren't we reading? Yeah, for real. I mean, uh, Did you, we didn't talk about uh, multiversity um, in depth. If you want to go into that, I mean, uh, given the quality of the issue, I'm I'm happy to talk about it. Okay, the surprising thing about this issue was not that I was entertained by it because I had a sneaking suspicion that I would be entertained. But the thing that really made me happy and surprised me was that Mr. Price found it interesting. Mm, true that. Wait, and it, it, it's even Cause, cause no. David's got such poor taste usually. Oh no, it's even more mind-boggling considering the fact that he wasn't a colossal fan of the series on which this oh, Final is Crisis, yeah. Final Crisis. You yes. you can't have the multiversity without Final Crisis. See, for a second, it sounded like you were making uh, a comment about uh, David's general lack of taste, much like Gabriel did last week when he was telling no. us about something he loved and then said, oh, I wouldn't think you would like that. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> no I don't do that stuff. But yeah, I was just, I was, I was, 
I was very pleasantly surprised that David enjoyed it. And David, I want to know why you enjoyed it. Oh, man. Um, because it, it's funny. I turned the page and one thing I really got a kick out of naturally was, um, I, we saw Avengers analogs. And I'm like, yes. that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big fan, you know, Star Trek Mirror Universe, Deep Space Nine Mirror Universe, Squadron Supreme, Avengers, I, and, and, and with the Justice League, I, I am a big fan of, which is another reason why I, I enjoyed Superior 32 so much because Otto's going through the time stream and everything, seeing different Spider-Man and, and, uh, I just, I, I'm a fan of the, the the dupes, the analogs, the, the the alternate versions of characters we're familiar with, and uh, to see the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and Doctor Doom, that was pretty cool, they, and they looked great. Um, Ivan's yeah. artwork was phenomenal. Right, wow. he's he was the the a really smart choice for this because you had to have for this book to work. I think you can disagree. For this book to work the way it as well as it did, you had to have a guy in the mainstream zone. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you you couldn't get your more experimental, more um, expressive artists. You had to have the, a guy that plays by the rules because that's what part of Morris, what Morrison is saying with this thing. Yes, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah, um, I I liked that it was probably the biggest thing. Um, it did not have. Any of the, I'm not going to say stink because there are people enjoying it. <laughs> it didn't really have anything to do with New 52. For real. That was another thing that I loved about so, it. I, you know, and, and it, it's, it's great that, that people who are enjoying what's coming out from New 52 still and, and have read and enjoyed this can enjoy both. They, they, they can coexist from the same company, similar characters or, or characters with, with the same names and, it's all, it's not like, you know, because you're reading one, we have to stop, we have to stop the new 52 for a month and put out multiversity. Everything can coexist and, and, and that's great. Um, what I, I, the, the one thing that I think would have really put me over the top and it, it did feel as I'm reading it, 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 it did feel like it was missing this in, in my eyes was that the title is missing the word crisis. It definitely, yeah. it, it, it definitely is a crisis level or, or, or feeling book. And if they don't, you know, if Grant had this idea for years and been working on this. And if they don't want to use crisis because it's the new 52 and we're moving away from that or what have you, or it's just, it's good. You could say it's going in a different direction or that's not the type of, of book it is. But for someone who's read, every crisis they've put out and it's good or bad, then it's, that's the one thing that I feel is, is really missing from it. And, and that, that has nothing to do with the interior of it. It's just my perception of it. And, and as I'm reading it and getting a feel for everything that's going on, uh, especially when you get to that last page and, and everybody, it, it's, you're, you're really, you know, uh, Shit's getting real. It, I, I missed that in the title, but hmm. seeing uh, the the the, it, you can't really say oh the dialogue was spot on or that's exactly how I always picture that character. You know, he, 
Grant really got that character. These are all new characters, so it's that's another thing is is that I'm ground level, ground floor. It, it's it's I'm enjoying. I mean, yeah, there are things here and there that um like like the monkey. You know, I mean, we've we've seen some of this before. Uh, so if you're if you're if you're an old time Grant fan and 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 read a lot of his stuff from back in the day, then there there are yeah. things you can glom onto and and really enjoy, or you could just it's the first issue and we're all along for the ride and and you know you're being told put the book down right now, walk away, don't go any further, and it it the whole thing the whole experience I um I'm I'm keen on it I, I it looks great I'm enjoying everything that's on the page and uh, I'm you get to the end and and you see the next chapter is is by uh chris sprouse so i'm like shit yeah oh, yeah and he's walked a lot of these roads from way back in the animal man days right we're playing playing with the sentient characters and you know their um ability to detect you on the opposite end of the 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 book, so to speak, and, 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 you know, living, breathing characters. There's a lot of stuff that he's just been, that trails through all of Morrison's work. But I, I don't know. You guys can call me crazy, but you know what I got out of this? I think what Morrison is doing here, first of all, your hero for the most part of the book spends a large portion of his time reading and, in his own words, vivisecting comics. Yep. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. And then you have you have this group called the Gentry that comes down and what they're doing is they they seek to degrade, denigrate, eliminate any reality other than their own or, or the one in which they reside at the time. I'm thinking that this is Morrison's way of commenting on comic fandom and their tendency to shit on everything, the loudest voices uh, you know, are the, mo- the most offensive voices in the virtual room, destroy the joy of comics for everybody. And because look at the, what are the names of some of the, uh, when, uh, the egg thing introduces the bad guys or the, the members of the gentry. You got, um, the broken man, I think one of them's called. Oh, yeah, help yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Help me out. I can't find the damn page. It's in here somewhere. This is riveting. Oh, you, you know, you have Dame Merciless, Hell Machine, Lord Broken, Demogorgon, Intellectron. It's just, I, I think he's playing with this kind of commentary that you have, you're assaulted by these, these forces that just seek to just shit on everything. And it, the thing that speaks the loudest to me is he's, doing it cross company he's not focusing on just dc if he was just doing dc characters then you'd be like all right maybe this is an internal narrative from the dc continuity but he's playing with marvel characters he's playing with image characters with the mm-hmm. savage dragon oh yes he uh, th- so so that to me opens up the commentary and says this is bigger than any one company this is concerning the art form itself well, did, or did the, the mainstream i mean I, I think i feel like he's made that point many times Talking about this series, sure. this is his his crowning achievement. He's even hinted that when he's done this, he's done the superhero comics forever. Now I, I doubt that's going to be the case, but I, I'm, I would I'm pretty sure he's true. made that he's made that point before that this is his, in his view, this is going to be the 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 synthesis of all that he's done and thought about in terms of superhero tropes and the mythos 
in the world building, and then when he's done with this, he's dropping the mic. Right. And so, a little bit of a spoiler, if you haven't read the first issue, at the end, your hero, who is the comic book reader, who is vivisecting and analyzing and, and pulling apart these this art form, he's corrupted. He's turned. Mm-hmm. We are on the yeah. clock. And... um so, I mean, that speaks volumes to me, that, that these, these creatures who, you know, they, they, they're, they're just nasty and offensive and loud and destroy reality for no other reason than to just eliminate it and just, you know, poop on everybody's parade. They turn the hero and that, you know, that, that's the commentary for me. I, I don't know if that's going to be the, the overall theme of the series, but that's how it's starting out. The, uh, I was, Turn the page, and and there's Bloodwind and Gypsy. There's Lady Quark. There's and I I'm I'm behind on my little Gotham, so I don't know if Lil Steel and Lil Wonder Woman here are part of that universe. But it makes sense because they look just like the way Dustin Gwynn draws the characters in that series. Um, I had to laugh out loud when the Behemoth um, hulks out, and where did the pin come from on the diaper? Like oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he helps mm-hmm. out, and he, not only does he have a diaper on it, but there's a big ass safety pin. Well, it's like it's, it's like General Ross and, and the mustache. Where's it go? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He got sucked into his his dermis when he when he when he morphed. When he, when he holds out, Doctor David Dibble. Oh god, yeah. I mean, and it's not. Some of it could be maybe a little subtle, but you know, yeah. Then 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 you get hit over the head with with the um with. How obvious it is. Um, and of course, Captain Carrot's retort is, which has been shown all over the place, especially on Pretty Facebook popular. page. Yeah. It's a great image. I mean, it's a great panel by itself. Um, and it, it's, I mean, that, that's something else that could probably sum it up because it's not, it's, it, when you see all these characters together and, and it's just, it, it reminds me of when you would read DC Comics Presents and Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew had the preview, 16 page preview in it and, and he meets, you know, and, and the zoo crew has to rescue Superman. And it's like, it, this, yeah, it, it, it's a comic book. The, the, these are, yeah, the exactly. physics are going to be, it's just, you can't, I mean, as long as I, I know that we can, we, we can get, Real nerdy when 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 we want to focus on okay well that wouldn't happen that doesn't make sense when we're talking about characters who you know travel time and can walk up walls and and who can hulk out but their pants stay on but there needs to be some sort of rule there are rules in place where just because somebody can move a building with his bare hands doesn't mean that you know they can also teleport to Mars in, in the same breath. There just needs to be some, there's some rules you need to play in, but here obviously not. I think you said it the absolute best a couple seconds ago. You, you narrowed it down to the essence. It's a comic book. And it, it, it knows it's a comic book. The characters know it's a comic book. It acts like a comic book. The physics are wonky and they don't care. The, a character that hulks out and the, the pin comes with them, that's just nutty, but that's, this universe and it's it's perfectly comfortable there i want to know where the hell Susie? we have analogs for three out of the four where they called the invisible the, the, the future <laughs> family but where is where's Susie? she's not here like david said you can't see her yeah you, you never know she, she may play her. a part she may play play a part oh, oh. <laughs> that's 
I love that, and it makes it the American Crusader with USA in the middle. I mean, it just it should just make sense. It's like, wow, I never even you. I could spell Crusader in my sleep, but I would never, you know, think that USA. It just, I, I, I really do. It, it's um, there are there are times where I don't get. Morrison, or, or whether I just I don't want to invest the time or, or, or work in to, to figure out where the hell he's going with it. I just want to read some you know some funky comics, whether that's New X Men, or I don't want to you know do some homework and read Seven Soldiers. I just I want to have some some fun and, and, and escape. And but then you know I mean and there's some of that in here, but then you turn the page and you know you see Behemoth Bash Bunny, and and it's just it's. It works. And how about the uh, commentary with the with uh, Harbinger that she's been asleep for a yes. while? That that was kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, with Yvonne doing his best, Phil Jimenez. Yeah, it's pretty close, isn't yeah. it? Nice, Jason. Anything? Um. Well, I mean, it's funny. I at first I was like, mm. when I first started the issue, I thought, oh boy. Because it did take eight years in the making, and I thought, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, if, I, if this is just going to be a, uh, a follow-on to Final Crisis, I'm not sure. I'm really vibing on it. But then, you know, in 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 faith, uh, we should always have in Morrison, right? Because because it was so much more than that, and it was so elegant. Like, but what I really am curious about is if you're just a hardcore DC guy, but maybe not the biggest Morrison fan, um, which I think there's plenty of people that can take or leave Morrison. What do they think of this issue? Because I feel like a good chunk of the reason I appreciate it is that it seems to me to be this synthesis of all the things that I've come to appreciate about Morrison over the years. Inclu- I mean, and, and, and he just layers them in almost unobtrusively, like the idea yeah. that the, the, um, the president, the president, the, the Superman who's the president, the, uh, you know, the, the, the black president that he, that he can, that music is 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 power here, just like in Final Crisis. I mean, if you think about the moment in Final Crisis that got made the most fun of, it's it's Superman singing, right? And then mm-hmm. what does Morrison do? He turns the idea of music as a as a, a a primal force, and he uses that in the middle of multiversity without even a second thought. Like, and that's it. Right. Just seems so smart. Like he's like, I don't, you know, like he just. I don't even know if he realizes he's doing it. He just he he takes these things that are that are. Uh, Criticized and then he just makes them work and he's so unapologetic about it. And I just, I thought it was, it was just so well done across every, every layer. I, I'm, I understand David's point about it. Be nice to call it, um, have crisis in the name, but again, what are you going to call it, right? You've had crisis yeah. on multiple earths. You've had crisis on infinite earths and you've had final crisis. So final, what's next? Yeah. The real final crisis, you know, final crisis, the return. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, so yeah. I don't know. I'm all in. I, 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 I'm sure this is, well, it's, hmm. It's you never want to say never here because because first issues of lots of events have have been great and then they floundered but I I have strong strong expectations that this is going to be mind blowing from start to finish. Yeah, one of my favorite pages is um, when uh, the Ultima Thule Nix's uh, ship, which is the Yellow Submarine. There there's there's no denying that um, the the page where they're between universes and that thing is is coming out from. Uh, a window of reality that panel those are comic book panels yep. and he's 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 slamming it down our throats that this is this is 
you know, this plays with the art form of, of mainstream comics. And these universes are real and they reside in these planes of existence. And here we are between them. And they didn't. In Nix's boat. It, it, it wasn't a double page spread. It wasn't, you know, it was, it, it was a panel between moving things along. And, and it, and so it's not subtle, but it's not, that's, it's part of the story. That, that's not really the, the, the point or what you need to focus on. We're just, we're, we're getting from point A to B, but it's still that it's this universe. This is still what they need to, this is how they travel. And, and it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, and the submarine's right there. So it's. Yeah. Jason, you pretty much nailed it with you wonder about how someone would uh, receive this issue that aren't tuned into the, the Morrison mm-hmm. vibe. The, I, I've made a point to, to frequent the local shop every week right, again. Because sure. I've been away. And almost to a man, everyone that was there when I was there from the owner straight on down didn't mm-hmm. dig it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they just didn't, didn't. The, the owner, uh, bowed out about 12 pages in. Uh, the other ones just, they just, they weren't feeling it. And I'm, well, that, that's your, obviously you, you have every prerogative to feel right. that way. Uh, but hey. So if that's, and if that, it's. In their defense, not in their defense, I have to defend them, but they didn't Jones on Final Crisis either. Well, I, you know, I'm, I, I can't, yeah. I'm, to a degree I'm with them on that point, but it's, <laughs> this isn't one where, um, I don't think, I don't want to say Final Crisis, but with Seven Soldiers, where if you have to do some heavy lifting to get through it or to understand it, I don't, view this the same way so it's 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 a beautiful looking book i don't know if if you are a comic book fan i really don't know why or i don't know how you would know because right. it's, it's just, whole speaks the language of comics it, 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 why wouldn't you like and it, it touches yeah. on i mean like you said with savage dragon or, or with the marvel character i mean it doesn't matter what you are currently reading Unless it's something put out by Fanographics or, or Drawn Quarterly, something is going to be touched upon in this issue. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that they made him part Stegosaur because it makes the fin make sense. Yes. Yeah, they just didn't slap a fin on him. He's a Stegosaur, so he would have a fin like or a, a plate like that on his head. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I, I have to say, I think Morrison kind of scrubbed the pacing a little bit, made it all shiny because. If the one thing, the one drawback I thought about Final Crisis was that the pacing was a little bit wonky. There were a lot of things in between scenes that you had to fill in the blanks for yourself. There's really none of that here. It's pretty linear and, and it's pretty self-explanatory and really accessible. So I, I, maybe he just, I, I don't know, realized that, yeah, he can get a little bit obtuse sometimes. Right. Well, yeah. And, and, and again, we, we, we need to be mindful of the fact that we have gushed over many a first issue of many an event only to be left saying wah, wah, wah. No, no, I don't, right. not, not necessarily with Morrison, but what I'm saying, so there's plenty of opportunity between now and then for Morrison to get in the weeds or to get a little obtuse. But in terms of the, the amount of stuff he gave us in this first issue, the, the layers of complexity, I think he navigated it as well as could have been possible given the yep. audacity of what he's trying to accomplish, if that makes sense. I think, I think you're right. I, and you, what you said before about him, this is the drop the mic on the superhero mm-hmm. books. I would love to see him do that. Be pretty love cool. It. 
you know, and yeah. at least, and then, and then to stick, stick to it, right? Right, right, right. I mean, there's plenty of things about which he can write. Look at the Invisibles. I mean, he can continue in that vein with the the paranormal, the occult, the esoteric type. That that's his that's his jam. He loves that stuff. This, jam. this okay. could he could probably and the way this this first issue felt, he could probably find some panels from the Marvel Boy miniseries and tie it all in and have a crossover without anybody even blinking. Yeah, why not? It's it, and I think I it started off early in the issue, but then again you get to the last page. I love the way the panels are laid out. The way it kind of bleeds in yeah. from the, the it just especially the last page because it's it's definitely more visible, but when he's reading the book and and vivisecting it, it's it you see it the panels play out a little bit and then it bleeds out from from the last panel around the whole page same thing when she's scratching her head at the beginning it's just i there really are they're they're, they're bending breaking they're they're just it, whatever they can do on a page this creative team seems to just be throwing it on there and and it, it, it i'm not saying they're throwing it on there to see what sticks and and but it it's working and it it's just start to finish cover to cover i i um yeah and I think that first page is really important too, as far as the the overall voice of the series, because you have it goes from the the micro to the macro. Like you have yeah. these these creatures which are extremely small, living on head lice, which are pretty small to begin with. But it again layers of uh, levels of existence, right? And then you pull back and you see, you know, um, a human being's head, and then you pull back and you see a city, but within the city, there's still things trying to take root and grow, and and so you just have this strata of of existence, and that's the what he's playing with with this book. The, the whole book is, is all, um, you know, art as life, life as art, and back and forth, and he's trying to do that sentient, um, you know, will it to be. Will it into existence? Um, uh, th- I think it's a long shot. Um, uh, there, uh, many many people have tried that with, uh, you know, uh, Google uh, Tulpa and and you know the, these thought forms trying to bring a thought form into the real world. It's it's uh, as far as I'm concerned, based on what I've read, it hasn't been done. So uh, God, God bless Morrison for trying, but dumb. that that's part of what it sounds absolutely absurd, doesn't it? But that that's one of the things he's shooting for with this. I'm interested. I would love to read this Morrison Monkey Alame Ultra Comics. And I, I more than once was, uh, was there a close up on, uh, homies Zoloft and Advil? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And you know what else pleases me about this series? They are not milk and the cow. You get mean, two oh, bookends. Right, right, right. You get two bookends, and I think what six one shots in between. Whereas, if you look at the New Fifty Two, this entire month mm. is is the whole publishing output is one shots for Future's End. That's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I, if anything, it should have been the other way around. I'm glad it's not. But I'll you be know, really interested about- to ha- to see. Not that I pay really any attention at all to the sales anymore, but I will be curious with this to see how it sells because of your point. I think a lot of people are just going to ignore this. 
Sadly. In, in the sense that, that if you're not a Morrison guy, but you're a continuity guy, I think if this was the immediate oh, yeah. follower of Final Crisis, you'd feel compelled to jump in. But like you said, with it just being its own standalone thing and being largely outside of the new 52, uh, at least as far as we can tell right now, um, in terms of, of the, the d- direct line of sight to what's going on in the main books, I could see people just passing it up. We'll see though. I don't know. I'm just curious to see what yeah. people think of it. Yeah. It, but it is a follow-up to Final Crisis. It's just not marketed as such. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I absolutely love the cover treatment with the with the Earths and, and the, along the spine on the side. It's <laughs> I, I just and it's, the cover looks sharp too. So it's not like I mean it's yeah it's it's uh it's one of those things that's just it's it's well thought out and it's it's presented in a way that uh, that that sure as hell sucked me in. So yeah, I mean I. Makes me happy. It does. I, mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It was. Yep. It was the dopeness. The dope the scene, yo. <laughs> so what else you got? What you got? Oh, I got. I don't want to go now. Mine's long. I want. I want to hear. I want to hear from somebody else. Uh, I read. Actually, I read before. Um, before we recorded, I read Captain America number twenty three. And, and, and oh, this, is, this is where I'm, I was, I was going with the whole, um, journey, destination, things that might just be a little odd. Like when in 22, after Steve got old and, um, Arnim Zola's attacking Manhattan, uh, we see somebody not escape, but make his way through Central Park trying to get to Avengers Mansion and, you know, you just know who this character's going to be when, when you finally find out. And, and on the cover of 23, you see the character taking his helmet off and, and old man Steve is, is astounded. And Pacheco did a fantastic job on this cover because you have Iron Man, Hulk, and Thor all laid out at this dude's feet. And, um, and the way they are laid out, you just know that they were, it's not like they were just place there and now oh, I'm going to put a body here they, they 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 fell in a way that they're exhausted from the battle but um Remender's still writing it Pacheco's the penciler uh Mariano Tabo is the anchor and I don't know what it is in this issue Dean White did the colors and everything Ooh. just looks amazing I didn't think the last issue was bad but as I'm reading this issue with the fight scenes and this character going through the mansion and Slipping by Tony and, and making Thor his bitch and it just, it, the, the facials, the, 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 the choreography of the fights, everything just looked on point. I don't know if Homie sharpened his pencils and it just, it looked amazing and the colors were spot on. This was a beautiful looking issue. Yeah, Dean White's top tier. Oh yes, he absolutely. Was- and, and the previous yeah. issue not only had White, but it also had Lee Lowridge. So I mean, there, there've been some quality people working on this title. Uh, but this issue, for whatever reason, it just popped and it was before I had anything to drink. So it's not the alcohol talking. It just looks amazing. I, I really do think this is one of the best looking issues I've seen in a while. Um, but you find out who this character is, who makes his way through the Avengers mansion. And that's not a surprise. That's not that that's as shocking as, as, Nikki turning on Brie Bella. It's just, you saw it come <laughs> a mile away and, and there it is. And okay, so we can move on past it now. That's not seeing, seeing Steve's reaction, seeing the reveal. 
that's fine. We got to that point and, and it was cool getting to that point. So we saw it all play out. That's fine. We move forward now because where you thought it may have been going didn't. Remender, just like he's doing with Uncanny Avengers, kind of flip things around on you. So now we're at this point. We're moving forward here and you get to the last page and that's where something else is more of a, um, what, what I guess was supposed to be the big surprise, which really wasn't in the middle of the book. You got kind of a bigger surprise, an actual surprise at the end. And, uh, and we're all, we're moving forward. It, all of this is just so that we can have, um, Sam Wilson become Captain America. So, I mean, and, and even that, when you say that, when, even when you just throw that out there, that I don't want to give the lead up to that, the short shrift. It's all, it all makes sense. It all ties back to the first arc, the first 12 issues. Um, what, what, what Steve's been dealing with the past eight or so issues with, uh, the Iron Nail and, and the flashbacks with, um, with Winter Soldier. That's all, that's fine. And, and having Jet, you know, stake her claim and, and everything between Dimension Z to now, it all, it's all part of the story. So you kind of, you kind of got away, even though Jet was practically in every issue, you kind of got away from Dimension Z and Arnim Zola and, and, and you weren't thinking about that as much. And now it's all brought back to you in these past two issues. And, um, it, it's just, I really, this is one of those books where I, uh, even if I see it coming from a mile away and, and, uh, I know where we're going and obviously we know where we're going with, with, with the new Captain America, uh, this is a story where I am, I can see the things happening or, and, or I know what's going to happen, but getting there is, is the fun part. It, it really is. He could hit, everything could be predictable from here on out, but how we get there, uh, is what, is what I'm signing up for. It, it's, um, it has been, it, it's, it's very similar still to the, um, the Day Mateus. Captain America or, and, and, and the Grunwald stuff, but it, it's, um, you know, Remender's putting a spin on it. It's modern day, so it's, it's the current R Avengers and, um, and it's just, it looks amazing. Uh, one, th- I mean, there was a panel in here where it says how, uh, Avengers Mansion has stood for, for over a hundred years and no one's broken through these walls. And I'm like, really? A hundred years? Really? But okay. And, and it's, uh, uh <laughs> um, the whole building, and I guess the Masters of Evil never uh, never broke in with with, with Jarvis and his back. <laughs> uh, there's a really cool little throwback to it. It, it would have looked better if it was like the cover of Avengers Forever, but when when the intruder is walking through the building, you see um you see an old portrait of um uh Giant Man, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, Thor, and Hawkeye, and it, it it's very similar to that Avengers Forever era and which of course Pacheco also penciled but um okay. the more I, the more I think about it the more that book Avengers Forever strikes me as a really really important series in in the Avengers uh mythology I I I don't like using the phrase because what what you may consider it other people don't but I do think it is it is an underrated story well, just for the fact that it gave us Janice Vell, that that's huge, or it was huge in, in terms of the Marvel Universe. But d- d- the whole span of the series and all the characters it encapsulates and just the the whole legend of the Avengers, it's alive Thanks in that. Atlas. 
Yeah, and and you know, I think if if I that should be a Marvel Evergreen title. Like, why is that not continuously published, like all the time? Keep that book on the shelf. Yeah. It, can you name uh, besides the core, of, not the Corvax saga, the uh, Kree Scroll? Which is too long for the average person to read. Like somebody off the street, you can give them Avengers Forever, and yeah, it may not make a whole bunch of sense to them, but I think Kree Scroll War is even worse in terms of them identifying with just what's going on here and and the import of of what's happening. Am I am I off base at all? I don't think so. I mean, but you're also talking to two other Avengers fans. Right. It'd be interesting to see. Like, if I gave my wife Avengers Forever and said, try this out, I, I don't know how long it would take before she threw it at me. But, you know, <laughs> and it's you, a hard you, cover. That's yeah, you, you're, you're more curious off the, off the street person, maybe, would find it um, digestible, I would think. But I don't know. I'd love to read it again. It has, you know, if, if it's, I don't think uh, the minion who only lives by the movies, he'd read this and want to know who some of these characters are. If they're ever going to show up in a movie or, or, or an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's... I, I think if Marvel has their way, a lot of those characters are going to show up in the movies. Yeah. Now, here's my question to you. Do you think, what with Steve's current predicament, that the time runs out is going to be the big fix? Because they, you know, they can't let this go on forever. You can't have an old Steve Rogers forever. He will come back in some shape or form as Captain America. It's just a matter of time. But this is cool in the interim. But do you think the time runs out is going to be the the big fix, the 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 cure all? Um, it's awful convenient that they're giving it like what, um, almost a year, right? Eight issues, ten issues. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of time to establish uh, Sam as a, I mean, what we already know that he's a really cool character. Um, I don't know. I, I, the, the, I've heard that they're going to restart a lot of books. Avengers being one of them. Yeah. Well, mm, yeah. I mean, you're they're leaning that way, right? They've got the whole thing with whatever's going on with the X Men, and the, we're not going to have we're not going to have mutants anymore, and 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 Wolverine's going to be gone for a few years, and you know. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. Maybe they could. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like you know. A blasphemer, or I'm I'm raining on your parade because I know you love the mutants so much. I do, but but to me, the mutants going into limbo for a little while not entirely a bad thing. I know, I know. That's what y'all think. I know. Yeah, what y'all think. As long as they find a way to keep Cable in the Marvel universe, <laughs> I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He's not. No, he's not dead. I say you, he did. Uh-huh. Not in my heart, he's not. As long as you believe. Oh, God. Believe. Believe. Which kind of leads me to what I read. <gasps> Does it? It's all based on belief. Ooh, sucky, sucky. Yeah. Um, I read God is Dead. Specifically, the pair of one-shots that Avatar recently published called The Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Al- Acts Alpha. somebody. Alpha and Omega. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely incredible. You tell the, the writing, the art, the depth of the storytelling. I was blown away. I mean, I I, I love all things Avatar, mm-hmm. but this was by far a cut above anything I think they they've they've published to date. And I'm gonna tell you why. Do it. Let me go go over here and get my book. Oh snap! Lean back. Listen to some of these. I mean, on the writing side, you have Simon Spurrier, mm-hmm. Mike Costa, Justin Jordan, Kieran Gillen. And some dude named Alan Moore. I've heard of right? him. 
Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Brings a bell. The the Alan Moore story uh, turns up in Alpha, mm-hmm. and I was telling David Faust that I think it is by far one of the absolute best things Alan Moore has ever written, without a doubt. And he said, "Okay, why don't we, you know, throw down on it?" So I'm not going to get into both of these volumes because I'd be here for another couple hours. I'm just going to talk about one story, but David and I are going to do another out of our heads Ooh. on this stuff. All yes. Right. You people can look forward to that. But anyway, if you want. The the story about which I really want to talk is Mike Costa's Arts and Letters, which was uh, drawn uh, by Rafael Ortiz, colors by Hernan Cabrera, and uh, letters by Kurt Hathaway. This story is incredible. There's a a recap on the first, on pages two and three of everything that has happened in God is Dead up until now. And if you haven't been reading the story, in a nutshell, a void opens up in the divine status quo, which allows all the pantheons to return and lay claim to the earth. You got the Norse gods the Aztec gods, the Egyptian gods, the Greek gods, etc., etc., etc. And they fight it out in in grand fashion. God versus God. Colossal fights. Massive damage. Huge collateral losses, right? So meanwhile, you have this group of mortals that try and, and stem this devastation by genetically engineering a god to take care of this problem. First attempt... It doesn't turn out so well. Second attempt, it works. And, and they give birth to a number of godlike beings, one of which succeeds in, in, in stopping all of this, which leads to like a century of just plain misrule. Things are not good. And, and one of the, the things in the recap is, and it's, it's a, um, a symbol of the entire series is the wheel turns to everything there is a, a season and the wheel has to keep turning. Everything is cyclical. Life, life is a wheel and, and, and these concepts and these beings and these, these struggles, they have a way of coming back after a while. So, uh, the wheel turns, so to speak, and this false mother is laid low. She's out of the picture, giving the gods opportunity to come back to, to reincarnate and wage war again. Massive devastation until the Nazarene, the good old king of the Jews, returns and and hits the divine reset button. All of the pantheons are restored and the war begins again, which leads us to the events of this arts and letters stories, uh, which begins in Alpha and ends in Omega. So you got to get both of these issues. They are $5.99 cover price, but they're extra size. They're... Um, 48 or 50 some pages uh so at when this story opens you have the elephant headed um hindu god of beginnings ganesh uh i'm sure you've seen statues of of this this uh god forearms head of an elephant body of a man he's the patron of arts and sciences the god of wisdom and intellect and he's distraught he's visibly shaken he's crying uh, you will believe a four-armed elephant god can cry because someone or something has brutally slain the Kamat Henu, which is the sacred cow of plenty from which all the milk flows, 
um, someone or someone has butchered her, and from her spilled blood, this massive freaking cow in a field of of nothing. It, it takes place in in a void below everything, so everything's white. And these characters are traipsing around on a field of white. It's incredible. Um, from the spilled blood uh, of this uh, Kamadinu rises a flame-headed Afrit, which is one of the jinn. Uh, and this is a spirit of the vengeful dead. And Ganesh tells the Afrit, okay, you have to avenge this murder. We have to come to a conclusion. Who did this? I got to find out why. This this is going to upset everything. Uh, and it's your job, little Afrit, to find out what the dilio is. And the Afrit replies, yeah, fuck that. And, and, and he goes to the underworld with his people. The jinn live in the underworld. Uh, initially, he's, he's, he's happy, right? He's, he's betting and burning out human women, treating humanity like playthings. He takes the form of a dog and, and leads these hapless humans out into the desert uh, and then watches them die. He's a, he's a, he's a really good soul, this, this Afrit. But the death of the sacred cow continues to gnaw at him. He wonders, like, how the hell could this, this happen? How could someone extinguish the, the personification of all Hindu divinity and Vishnu not notice? These, these, these beings are supposed to be omnipotent, omniscient, right? They should have known that there was a, there was a problem in, in, there was a void in the status quo. So he goes down and confronts Vishnu. And, and her realm is cool. She's, she's riding on this gigantic serpent on the sea of milk. And that's the sacred milk from the cow that was just slaughtered. And she basically tells the Afrit to mind his own fucking business and sends him away. If he sticks his little hot head into this, uh, scenario again, she's going to wipe him out. He, he will be non-existent. So that only stokes his curiosity. And so he goes back to the void to examine the corpse of, of Kamadenu and he notices that the wounds were cauterized upon creation. Hmm. Leading him to believe that whatever did this was backed by intense fire and heat. So who do you think has the power to do that? Um, so he comes to a conclusion that number one, this is not Kamadenu, the, the, the sacred cow that's been killed. So what was killed? Why and by whom? Read this story. It is the, the, the keystone to the entire God is Dead series. I wish they published this before the first issue of God is Dead because the, the, the first dozen or so issues would have made a whole lot more sense. This story connects to everything. It, go, it goes all the way back to the, the very thing that started it all, the word. You know, in the beginning there was the word and boom. It goes all the way back to that. This story's nuts, the scope of this thing. And the, uh, the art, like I said, it, it's incredible. When you, when the big bad is revealed and the bigger bad beneath the big bad, it, the character design of this thing is unbelievably good. The, these creatures are so alien. So it's it's almost hard to to conceive the beings that that look like this. I mean, it, you have I don't want to spill the I don't want to ruin it because it's huge. I'm just saying you got to read this. 
It is amazing. And I, I, I've read this story back and forth, back and forth a bunch of times just so I can pick up on the subtleties of it. This, I shouldn't say this because I'm such a fan of the company. This is way, way far above anything Avatar has published. There's uh-huh. not, yeah, the big bad has a dick hanging down, but he should have a dick hanging down. Oops. Judging by who he is. You know what I mean? They, they don't pull any punches. If there's nudity in it, they show it. If there's intercourse, they show it. But it's not gratuitous. It's not at the expense of the smarts of the story. It's unbelievably good. And, and that's, this isn't even the best story in this two issue series. The Alan Moore story is just unbelievable. Um, it's meta. He's a character in the story. Um, I'll leave it at that because uh, the thing that comes later. There's another story which was written by Simon Spurrier. And are you guys familiar with uh, the puto? Do you know what a puto are? Singular form is puti. Uh, no. Okay. The, if you look at Renaissance art um, and you see those little babies with the wings... Those like, are you mean cherub? cherubs. No, they're not cherubs. They're puto. Hmm. A cherub. A cherub. If we're going to consult the literature of, uh, if we're going to consult the Bible, a cherub is an incredibly powerful angel, with sometimes the head of a, uh, the body of a lion's, the head of a human, e- uh, wings of a gigantic eagle. They are, if you want to rank. The, the, uh, angelic beings. You have the seraphim, which are like massively powerful. Right. And then you, you have the cherubim, which are right under, they're, they're second in line in terms of power. And they are nasty creatures. They, and th- you can blame it on Donatello, because Donatello in the 1400s was one of the first to popularize this notion of these little flying babies as cherubs. They're not cherubs. Okay. And, and Simon Spurrier's story, hinges on that you have the popular conception of a cherub this little baby when the gods come back this baby with wings he was a cherub but because the belief of cherubs being winged babies is so strong and so pervasive this incre- this once incredibly powerful being is reintegrated into reality as a winged baby and he is pissed He's like that fucking Donatello. I'd I, I rip his head off. And he's, he's in a bar drinking whiskey and smoking. And he's telling the bartender all about his 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 uh, journey and, and how, you know, he, he was once second only to the, 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 the seraphim. I was a massively powerful being. And now I come back and I'm a fucking baby. He goes, look at my dick, how small it is. Hilarious. I can't do anything with it. No, it's an awesome story. And it, one story smarter than the next. Please check these out. If, if you've passed on Avatar because of their their explicitness or the you know the gratuitiveness of the, of the the books like Crossed, I know I love it, mm. but yeah, it's not for everybody. These are incredibly smart, beautiful books. I I can't stop reading these things. They put a spell on me. I've read them both a bunch of times since I got them in my box, and I don't think that's going to change. I'm hoping they issue these in a collection with just these two books. Because that's all you need to understand the entire God is Dead series and all these pantheons of gods running around. There's a story about the great god Pan in in one of the volumes. It's amazingly well done. The art is impeccable. 
and it's Avatar. What the hell? I, I it, it's interesting. I, I feel like I uh I know we both read the first issue or two of the original of the first God is Dead and neither of us were big on it. Then right. I feel like a while a, a while went by and then I think if I recall correctly you jumped back in and enjoyed it. I haven't Loved done it. so. Um but this sounds good. I mean anytime Alan Moore's doing something I get I, I, yeah, yeah, it's it's his story is really smart. It, and there's there's ties to um uh, the disease of language book that he did. Um, it, there, his own personal belief systems are in there. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but it's, it's incredible and it's meta. He is a character in the story and it's about what he believes. So, and, and it also ties in the fact that all of the gods that came back in this God is dead series are a bunch of tools and people aren't finding them, you know, palatable at all. And so they come to Alan Moore and, and they, you know, help us out here, Alan. Mm-hmm. And he tells, he tells them to fuck off. But no, it's great, great stuff. And this, this guy, both, um, covers, I always opt, whenever I buy an Avatar book, I opt for the wraparound cover. Mm-hmm. Maybe more art's better, right? Um, both of these books, the wraparound covers were created by, uh, Herman Noble. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. The, the gorgeous. Alpha. They are. The Alpha has Cerebus, uh, sorry, sorry, Cerberus on the front. You know, the, the tri-headed dog, the, the guardian of the, of the underworld. And, um, on, uh, on the, uh, Omega book, you, you, it's, it's amazing. There's a, um, it looks like a Valkyrie. Can't be sure. It has no, no connection to the events of the, of the stories inside, but it's just a, an amazing, amazing cover. She's a Norse god at, at any rate. Mm-hmm. With just, just great stuff. Check this shit out. They're so good. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I was, I'm, and I, I don't want to express my surprise that these were so amazingly, uh, well crafted because it kind of denigrates Avatar as a whole. I mean, they don't do bad work. But, but the, the, these two issues are like masterful. The, the art is just impeccable. And you don't always see that from, from Avatar. Like the, the most recent issue across, art's not that great. You know, I, I gotta be honest, but I, I love the story. So that takes me through. But these, you, you have nothing to worry about. Great art, great story, great price, great paper, great presentation. It's all great. Check them out. Sweet. Yeah. Very nice. You're excited. Big time. And it, and it also, it's, it relates to me, the, especially the, the story with the, the, the Puti, because in my aesthetics class this summer, the teacher was railing about how goddamn Donatello ruined the, the Putis for everyone. And here it is in a book I'm reading two months later. How does that happen? Crazy. It's, it's, it's like someone has written this beforehand. It's like oh. butter, baby. It's like butter. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all based on belief. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, even if you don't believe, it's still a form of belief. So you don't have to be a, a, an exceptionally, you know, religious or spiritual person to to get uh, into these books because these, just look at the Marvel universe. Galactus is a god. If you can get wrap your hand around your mind around that, you can wrap your mind around this stuff. Nice. Yeah. Send me those issues. I got them. Yes, please. I would. I would love to. All right. Cool. So. Vince, have you read anything by Jesse Jacobs? Um, yes. Uh, shit. Damn you. 
the I had yes. What was it? What did I read? What did you read? Well, I you. just read the brand Jesse Jacobs third work, brand new, uh, Safari Honeymoon. I did not read that. Which came out last month from Koyama Press. Oh, I love that imprint. I love Annie's books. And Jesse Jacobs is a um, organic farm. Well, not an organic farmer, but he or, he he is a liaison for organic farming for a distributor. So he's very much a crunchy earth guy. And that, I think, informs this book. Um, f- for those that, that aren't familiar, um, uh, I, I can, the, the thing I struggle with with this book is, is how to, how to describe the art. That's why I asked you if you had read it because, um, I love this book and the art is on the surface. It's, it's very flat. It's two dimensional. Yeah, I got it now. I got it's, it now. I have I have read his stuff. But and, and the layouts are, are are either nine or twelve panel square grids each page. I mean, there's there's not a lot of playfulness with the with the um, with the layouts. But but everything else about the book is 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 whimsical and magical. Um, the 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 premise is a metropolitan couple. Uh, with some means are celebrating their honeymoon in a jungle a, on safari. And, um, the, it's just them and, and their, and their, their, their guide who happens to be extremely competent in all things. He's an amazing chef. He's a hunter, uh, knows everything about this, the, the, the jungle that they're in and, and, and keeps them alive while giving them all the creatures, the comfort, creature comforts that they would expect of a luxurious honeymoon. But, that that description in and of itself really doesn't do this book justice because this book is this wild exploration of the really of humanity's relationship with nature and how askew we've we've gotten with that and in a way this book strikes me as Jacob's almost a fairy tale way of 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 telling the story of humanity shedding all of the tropes of, of, of unnatural existence that we've come to adore and getting back to our roots in the Garden of Eden days. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. it's, but it's done in this really gory, um, organic, fleshy way. I mean, the, 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 the graphic style again is, is very flat. It's the, the humans are big legged and, and have dots for eyes and are, and a relatively simple line work. But, but then everything else around it is hyper detailed. The backgrounds, the creatures are just, there's, there's creatures with, with, with 10 legs and giant teeth mouths. There's creatures that, yeah. that are, are four legged with a big eye in the center. There's, there's, there's creatures that look like sea monkeys, but with, with tentacles and circles appendages. There's, there's just all these different, uh, there's, there's fish that have eyes and, and, and human mouths. There's just these, uh, these crazy depictions of, of, of alien lifelike things, but at the same point in time, um, they I got an ad- analog for Go you. Ahead. Michael DeForge. He, he renders a lot like Michael DeForge. And you have these blobby kind of soft looking creatures and yet he'll go in and play a lot with patterns. I, I you see, I had a, the name had a trigger in my my mind. I have um, by this you shall know him. Right, right, which, right. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, and, and there's a lot of 
geometric yes. things in, yes. in his work, but then he offsets that with these fleshy, you know, globular creatures that, you know, Michael DeForge does a lot of that too. And, and there, there are sections where he'll, he'll just outline a creature, but then he'll go in and just noodle in some spots, like really intense detail in some spots. And he leaves the other stuff, um, white, which is great. I, I, I love his art. I think, I think he's, he's awesome. Yeah. And the book is, and I've, I've discovered a, a pattern with me. I love monotone, um, monochromatic books. Yeah. Um, this book is essentially, uh, a very light tealish green and white throughout it and uh, I just adore this book and, and I'm probably giving it short shrift because it's not exactly easy to describe but but again the essence is this couple is is used to the com- creature comforts and their guide is doing a pretty good job at first of of helping them avoid the uh, very dangerous things that are existing in this jungle but um, as time goes by essentially one of the things I think Jacobs is saying is that nature is always going to win out they may not win out in our lifetimes. It may not win out in our kids' lifetimes. But at some point in time, Mother Nature is likely going to win out over humanity, um, we'll, either by our own mistakes or or just because of the natural imperative of nature and the ecosystem. And um, it, it just it evolves into this situation where the husband and wife are presented with ever increasing dangers, and and something goes wrong with their tour, with their guide that takes him out of the equation. And and what I loved about this book is is then you think you know where it's going, which is essentially they're going to be endangered and then possibly killed. But but it it doesn't go there. He 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 takes you at the peak of of the danger and the peak of of these creatures and parasites that are at at the at at their door. It 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 takes a big sharp left turn, where all of a sudden, rather than being presented with the dangers, they somewhat become accepting of them and by doing so they are taken in as part of the ecosystem and and are no longer Mm -hmm. in danger and um it's a it's a small book it's it's uh i don't even think it's 100 pages if that i don't have there's no page numbers in here so i'm i i'm remiss to know the number but i think it's 80 okay yeah that makes sense but 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 man oh man is this a fun book it's it's um again the art style i i thought was amazing and and hyper detailed uh in terms of like vince said the backgrounds every square of the thing is dense um there's a tremendous amount of story in each in each panel um but but visually it's 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 arresting and at the same time simplistic um did you get this in your box or did you no, special I ordered it? it. I ordered it. Uh, yeah. uh I, I I actually ordered it. I I I the other thing I read this week was the uh the beautiful darkness um that that uh-huh. Gabriel and and Karina recommended last week. And yeah. when I went to order it on Amazon as we were recording last week, it was one of those things where oh, if people that order this also Safari, <laughs> so I, I grabbed it too. Um, they got you. Yeah. They got you. Yeah. yeah. But uh you know, if memory serves, I think Jacobs is one of the Adventure Time guys. I'm pretty sure he's, he's working Adventure Time. You know what? It's funny. I didn't make the connection, but that would make a lot of sense because th- this is like a flat two-dimensional animation style, and, and, and a lot of the visuals are very reminiscent of Adventure Time. Yeah. The design's in the, in the zone. Just like Michael DeForge. They, they have that, that very unique visual vocabulary and, and way of, you know, composing characters that they all seem to reside in that adventure time universe which is not a bad thing absolutely absolutely but um i know that his work the one you mentioned i think is biblical in nature right the by this you shall know him yeah. um from no they're giant freaking 
robots, massive um, robotic creatures, and it's um, okay. So then his other work must be. I only ask that because I know when I read a review of this. Uh, when I was thinking about ordering it, someone mentioned that, uh, how much they enjoyed Jacob's prior work, but it was biblical and it was, it was difficult to get through for someone that wasn't religious. And I, so I thought maybe that's what you were talking about. So you must be talking about his, uh, the, so he's done three, so you must be talking about that. Yeah. Um, but, but either way, was- this is a small, a small quick read. Um, uh, is it something that, uh, I don't want to use the word conventional, that, is it something that that someone who just prefers relatively straightforward conventional uh, storytelling would appeal to? No, probably not. But but if you're at all into, as Vince alluded, Adventure Time, or if, if put it this way, if if you if you've read anything else by Koyama, or if you've liked any drawn and quarterly stuff, this is more of that ilk. Um, yeah. I made a joke to you guys. I, I had my. Uh, the comics journal hat on tonight because this is definitely <laughs> something you'd be more likely to find reviewed there. I love that hat. Then, uh, then you would in, in, uh, you know, in, in CBR or something, but man, oh man, this is fun. And the cover is just so striking. The cover is the couple embracing in the midst of this crazy jungle with all this foliage and, 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 and life, uh, surrounding it all with, with, with mountains in the background. But then if you, if you hold the book far, if you're looking at it close, that's what it looks like. But if you hold it back further, you see that the 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 parts of the page that are clear and just grass actually make it a skull. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like the cover yeah, a lot. Beautiful, beautiful work. Um, again, I feel like I'm giving a short shrift in terms of how to describe the artwork, but the artwork is really the selling point here. The story's great, but I think if the story was simply done in a in a uh, a more traditional, realistic looking um, uh, cartooning style, it wouldn't be all that interesting. But it's 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 the ability to play with with this guy's cartooning style, and, and it makes it just so much more arresting to me. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I recommend you. You'd also like um, by this you shall know him because it's there's a limited palette in that too. I think it's like a tealish, um, you know, green blue, and then there's a pink. There's it's a two two color thing, and it's it's crazy. Well, I, I also wonder by what you're saying is if 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 I should jump into the Michael DeForge world. Oh yeah, by, yes. All. I know you've talked about him over the years, and I've never experienced his work. So, dude's a genius. <laughs> but you think if I dig this, then then I'm likely to get something out of DeForge. Yeah, DeForge is more visceral, though. From from what I can remember, um, he likes to yeah, he likes to get into the biology and the messy stuff. Well, this and, gets messy, and again, maybe I should make that point because I guess I didn't get it across. Like, there's there's a there's a, a parasite that they describe. Where it literally, they, they, he depicts it crawling into someone's ear, going into their brainstem. You look inside the guy's skull, you see it wrapping around the guy's brain. Then you see mm. him having to to eat massive piles of food to the point where, where essentially they the the parasite then leads the being to crawl up to the top of a tree. Uh, a, a, a chrysalis forms around it, and then they show the body melting into gloop, which serves as the protein for which the the. <laughs> uh, the 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 parasite then uh, its larva eat and then hatch out of so it's it's very very that's what I mean I, I it's an important distinction here there's there's that there's 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 a thing where where um the um, the the tour the the tour guide the safari guide um sticks out his, he's telling them about the different parasites that exist in 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 
in the forest, and then he sticks his tongue out, and he's got this nasty-looking alien creature for a tongue. Because he said one night he fell asleep, and the, the parasite crawled into his mouth and ate his tongue, and then latched onto his his body. But he said he's never complained because ever since that's happened, he's had a far greater sense of, of taste, and that's what's allowed him to be such a great chef. So you know, it's that kind of thing. Like there's all those there's there's many examples of that in this book. These very vis- visceral is the right word, Vince. These very visceral, yeah. almost grotesque. Uh, uh, biological, uh, experiences that are, that are driving, um, what's otherwise supposed to be a, a safari honeymoon. Uh, mm. so yeah, no, it's, it's good, good stuff. If you haven't read it, uh, you, you, you would definitely, uh, enjoy this for sure. It's, it's, well, as David would say, botten. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So safari honeymoon from Jesse Jacobs, Koyama Press. Uh, and it's fitting bucks cover price, so probably like ten beans from your various and sundry s- stops. Yeah, and it's it's bigger, right? It's like um, ten inches by by uh, no, seven or so? no? It's it's smaller actually. It's uh, it's it's about an inch smaller in both sides from a, a, a conventional comic. Oh, okay, cool. But uh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Moe's death, mm-hmm. yo. Nice. Yeah, the cover's spectacular. It really is. It really is. That, that's a big part of what took me to make the leap. I'm glad you jumped. Aww. Me too. Me too. We just got to get you to jump towards Michael DeForge. I'll, I'll give it a whirl, man. Yeah, if you like that, you, you, you'll like Michael DeForge. Same same uh, playground. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What else? David. My turn again? Yeah, yeah why not? We're barreling through it, buddy. It's that, it's that big wheel again. It's gonna. It's always gonna turn back to you. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, I've. Uh, you said you're reading some Spider-Man. Yeah, I did. Um, I did. Did I? Uh, I'm up to issue one ninety. I finished one ninety-seven. It was the. Um, I am. Yeah, I just started one ninety-eight. So I. Um, I read the issue where we meet Black Cat and uh mm-hmm. and, and what what she's all about and all about it. He uh her 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 reason for being pretty much is to uh spring someone from jail. Um someone she wants to be able to spend his last days at home. Um and there's still a lot going through Peter and, and, and Spider-Man's head. Um, he's being short with, uh, with his friends, um, Harry and Flash. He, uh, this is the time where apparently Betty Leeds was having doubts with her marriage and Peter was a comforting shoulder and Ned Leeds oh, yeah. getting all in Peter's face and, um, it's it's sad. No matter how many stories I see or read about that that feature Ned Leeds, uh, Ned Leeds just reminds me of his his, his death in, in which was really just a, a sad little barely off panel, except for him sitting in a chair from um, the Jim Owsley written. Spider-Man versus Wolverine, and um, that's pretty much been one death that uh, 
they haven't, um, probably because it's Nedalese, that they haven't tried to ever, uh, retcon or bring back or, um, do anything with. But th- there's that, um, Peter is, is a teacher and he's, he's dealing, and Aunt May is in a nursing home. Um, he's having, uh, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do, um, with Mary Jane. So that whole relationship is a mess. The Kingpin shows up. Wilson Fisk has been given an ultimatum by his wife, Vanessa, uh, within 24 hours at, at midnight. On, on this day, um, he either decides to live his life with her free of crime and, and, and this is it, or he can maintain his, his ways and, and become the kingpin of crime and, or stay the kingpin of crime and, and destroy, uh, Spider-Man or whatever else he wants to. And, um, the Spider-Man is pretty much at, uh, Wilson's mercy and uh this clock strikes midnight and Vanessa shows up and tells him he has a choice he can either you can either leave with me and and we live our lives together or you can uh handle the business and and destroy Spider-Man and stay who you are and never see me again and um basically Spider-Man survives because um Wilson Fisk would rather be with his woman um there's a there's just a lot it, it's like Marvel Wolfman was just like you know what I don't think Peter Parker is dealing with enough shit and I <laughs> I'm writing and editing this and and I'm going to just throw as much as I can um at this person and I'm glad I'm so glad as I'm reading this that he was able to reboot the new Teen Titan, so he was able to spread so much shit across a group of people instead of just onto one character. And he, uh, he, you have, what, what really kind of bugged me as I'm getting to 200, and it's 200 that I remember the most, but as, as, as I'm rereading these issues, um, there are, there are certain things that, you know, shit happens in life. There are times where you can scream, why me? Or just, what did I do to deserve this? But a lot of times, things happen not because the universe is out to get you or because someone has it in for you. Um, just bad things can happen. And for the burglar to kill Uncle Ben, that was... That was a shitty situation. And yes, and, and, and Peter let that happen because he let the burglar go and, and didn't bother getting involved and, and it cost him and now he's trying to, um, make amends for that. But the burglar just happened to show up at that house in Queens, killed Ben, and that's pretty much where it stayed. But Marv Wolfman decided to, no, I, I need to have the burglar go back to this house and wreak havoc on this family again. Just like the biggest issue, probably because of the age difference, but you had Jack Napier kill Bruce Wayne's parents in the Tim Burton Batman movie. It didn't have to. He, not that it had to be Joe Chill, but you don't need to, I mean, for Hollywood, I guess you have to, but you didn't need to have the Joker be the murderer 
that created Batman. You didn't need to make it tight in that nice of a knot. In Spider in Spider Man three, you didn't have to have the Sandman have something to do with Uncle Ben's death. You just not everything is in these neat little right. tidy bows that all get summed up at the end and and everybody's happy and and that's not sometimes shit just happens and and that's one thing that bugs me about about this ongoing plot line in these in these nine ten issues i'm reading is that the burglar comes back and it it's it might be a cool oh snap moment and 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 he's back and but it just to me it still just would have meant more if it was just an unfortunate circumstance and, and and we didn't either see him again or him show up to remind us of of why spider-man does what he does and and uh but i mean the the, the art by keith pollard and and friends is uh is fantastic you have um I, i'm also enjoying rereading a lot of the bullpen bulletins and and the uh stand soapbox where he's talking about the odyssey there's a new magazine coming the odyssey and you're going to be on the lookout for it it's something new from from marvel and then the next month it's like yeah well we said it was going to be called the odyssey but apparently we can't call it that so it's going to be epic we're telling you it's an <laughs> epic thing coming and, and look out for this epic material and it's just i do that that that's great and all but it it's um i mean the bullpen pages are the best they really are man and and, and uh it's, it's, um, I really am just, it's, whatever slots are doing now, it's not, it may not be, it's a new setting because here's Dr. Peter Parker and, and he's in charge of, of, of this huge company or that huge company, but he's in charge and, and he has, so he has a new set of problems, but a lot of what makes Peter Parker, Peter Parker is his tendency to um, end up on get the short shift on a lot of things, and 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 every time he you know two steps ahead and three steps back, and 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 all he wants to do is the right thing. He's trying to do good, and and uh, it's just there's there's a lot. It, whether he does it, puts it on himself, or just he's a target. There there's just there's only so much one person can do, and and. It's probably just something else that that draws me to this character, but uh, yeah, it's it's one thing to have to deal with this, and and it's it's somewhat refreshing, or even maybe Slot's not putting as much on him as some of the older writers did. I after after Wolfman, and then you have um, well before Wolfman you had Conway, but um, you had uh, Owsley, you had the Falco, you had. Um, Michelini, and then of course, uh, Michelini brings back Richard and, and Mary Parker and, and their shield agents or scientists, and it's just, and there's just, some of it just got a little nuts as the years went on, but, um, Peter kind of just had his, his core friends, which he does here, and word balloons out the ass, and, and again, I mean, the pacing was still a lot different, like I said last time, if, if, Spider-Man is swinging at the end of one page and then the next page you see Peter in his office. There's a caption box, you know, basically saying, listen, we're not going to bore you with watching Spider-Man swing through a city. That happened. Now he's here and we're picking up the story from here and it, it moves things along. And, and there's a, there's a footnote where if you want to see Peter teach, then, then read Spectacular Spider-Man, but that's not what you're going to get in this comic. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 a lot of it is just 
bringing back a lot of cool memories, but just seeing, um, being reminded that it's a different era. It's, it's just before the 1980s and, um, the clothes or anything don't stand out as much as they did in the 60s or 70s, but the, um, some of the dialogue is actually can even be read today. It's not so, so corny. There's no, hey, step two, mm-hmm. daddy. I mean, it's, it's, it's more, um, it's not the Falco. No, it's definitely not the Falco. Like as if he's writing Archie. No, you uh, can pretty much peg the eras when DeFalco's writing. Like you could tell what what year it is based on on it. Hey, we're not boys to men. Move, move out of the way. Drops <laughs> <laughs> those those pop culture references in there. I have a question for you, David. I made the mistake of um, as I'm tallying my books. I made the mistake of pulling out the first like 10, 12 issues of Peter Parker's Spider-Man. It's, it's the post Heroes Reborn relaunch of, of the, the spider books. Remember that? Paul Jenkins? No, Howard Mackey. Oh, okay, okay. And the Ramita Jr. Yes. and Scott Hanna. Yep. Now, it's the one, like, uh, the second issue has a crossover with Thor. Iceman's in the third issue. There's Bullseye in here. Marrow shows up. Um, the X-Men. Uh, Kingpin's in it, and then it goes into Morbius with Blade. Remember that, that run? I don't. Well, alright, then you may not be able to answer this. Arthur Stacy's in it. Mm. Arthur Stacy? Yes. Okay. Who, am I, am brother? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, and I'm reading, I'm thinking, who the hell's, are, and he looks just like Captain Stacy. Mm. Who, I don't remember. Huh. And I obviously haven't read enough to to answer the question, but yeah, Arthur freaking Stacy. Huh. Hmm. I don't. I don't. I can't put a beat on it. I do want to Google it because I th- I figured you'd know the answer. Um, that is. Oh, 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 oh! Because he looks old. He's Gwen's uncle. He's George's okay. uh, George's brother. So did it, were they twins? Because this character looks a lot like Captain. I mean, no, it, no, younger brother. He was originally presented in the 70s as an older brother for a time Spider-Man would call on Stacy's skills as an investigator. Ah. So there wasn't any shenanigans with the post-heroes reborn, like no. they didn't bring any characters no, back? No, because he was actually, he's, he's from the, uh, is it, according to this, his first appearance was Amazing, uh, number 93. So oh. back, back, I, back in the day. And I gotta say, as much as I love Ramita Jr., this is a fine, fine run for him. I ranks, so too. Yeah, ranks among some of the best stuff he's done. Hannah complimented him perfectly. He wasn't Al Williamson, no. but who, who is yeah, right? No, you're right. And just amazing, amazing artwork. I, I, I kind of wish um, Junior would return to this this style a little bit. It's a little more detailed than what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah he kind of had a little bit of it when he was with JMS. On, on amazing, but no, it, it was definitely, it was somewhat between his early run on amazing and, and his, uh, his later stuff. I, I like that and stuff. Every other page, there's a classic Spider-Man pose. Like you just look at it and think, man, you nailed it. Yeah. Like the one, the one where Peter's on the gargoyle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is amazing. With amazing. the rain falling down. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool beans. Let's look at the clock. See where we're going with this. Ooh, we got lots of time. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do, player. 
You you got something? You want me to jump in? I got. Go ahead. Well, uh, this book, dude, that uh, that Gabriel and Karina told us to check out, Beautiful Darkness. They did us right. It's freaking unheard of. It's. I haven't been this pleased with a book that I didn't know what to expect opening the cover since Winchloss's Pinocchio. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's of a similar ilk really, um, when you get down to it. Um this is by uh it's a trio, although the, the cover would lead you to believe it's two people. It's it's Fabian Vellman, V E H L M A N N and uh, a name and it's French and I'm no doubt butchering it. So apologies to all you Francophiles. Uh, Carascote, K E R A S C O E T. But I say it's three people because Carascote, as I understand it, is the, uh, pen name for a married couple, uh, that are creators and part of this book. Um, the premise is essentially that you're presented at first with a relatively familiar fantasy world of a young Cinderella-like girl who is uh, sitting down with her charming prince and um, being wooed by by him, and she's quite taken by him. And then something starts happening where uh, uh, essentially it almost looks like grape jelly or purple blood starts enveloping each panel uh, more and more to the point where they start drowning in it. And then uh, they're scrambling to, to stay above it. And then the, the, the female character is shot through a tunnel and she comes out the other end, escaping the, the goop only to, to walk out and, and be presented with a, a giant rainstorm. And she's trying to, to get her wits about her and get her bearings. And lo and behold, um, what has happened is, and this is in the first three pages, so hopefully I'm, I'm not gonna spoil this for anybody, but, but she, 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 the hole she climbed out of turns out to be the nasal cavity of a little girl. And the next page is the little girl, probably somewhere between eight and ten or eleven years old, lying dead in the rain in the forest. And the, basically all of this little girl's imagination have um, coalesced and escaped from her dying corpse into the real world. So the best way I can describe this book, uh, in a short, in a short synopsis would be, it's like the borrowers meets Lord of the, uh, Lord of the Flies. Wow. Um, yeah. the, these, these little fairy tale characters are essentially forced because of her death into the, the real forest and the real world, and they have to figure out a way to survive. And much like in Lord of the Flies, the, the whatever innocence or um, I, ideal ideologies that uh, that they may have had in these fairy tales that were in her mind quickly get ripped ripped to shreds when faced with the realities of living in the harsh existence of of our uh, very real Earth. And it's just unbelievable because it's it's similar to the other book I spoke about tonight. Arresting is the first word that comes to mind. It's these these quaint uh, 
cute characters that are that are familiar from anyone that's read fairy tale stories yet they're put in these just awful situations both both by their surroundings as well as against one another and essentially each of them copes in in their own way um you know one of the one of the the characters which is like a cupie doll um is starving so and she's hiding out inside of the the body so she begins eating the maggots as the flies lay the eggs for sustenance um uh, the, 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 the fairy princess character is a total diva and be, people begin to, to, to worship her, which leads to the protagonist of the book getting frustrated at why are they all paying attention to this dimwit, vapid woman who's doing nothing for them? And, um, it just goes in some really awful dark places, uh, and, 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 and in a way is, 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 is a character arc for the, 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 the first female that we're presented with, but, 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 not without a lot of just just horrifying interactions with um, woodland creatures, and um, let's just say we're, we're not given the exact reason, but we're it's strongly implied um, about who and why the little girl was killed, um, and, and and that person and the person that was responsible come into play here, and it's just this dark existential look at what a little girl's mind and the innocent characters, which fill her mind with happiness, what would happen to them if just thrust into the real world and having to fend for themselves. Uh, and I just, uh, I, I gotta thank Gabriel and Karina because it is amazing. And I will say the one thing that people need to be mindful of here is this is not a story for people that have any kind of, um, uh, discomfort with, with children dying or, um, I mean, it's it's a dark book. It's 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 yeah. the, the premise is dark. There there is nothing redeeming about this. There's no happy ending. There's no. Um, th- this is essentially a very effective cartoon about the deep recesses of the human psyche and how they can taint even the most wonderful childlike impulses. So again, you got to be in the right mood. I happen to be in a pretty good mood of late, and so reading this, I, I wasn't I wasn't put off by it. But but you know, if you're feeling uh, if you're if you're not feeling so good, if you're feeling kind of down, and or if it, if, if if stories about kids and traumatic events to, to children are just a, a a non-starter, this is not for you. I'm, I'm thinking most directly with 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 Chris Campbell. I know from from No Apologies, anytime even. It's hinted that a, a kid gets hurt or, or injured <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a story. He just he, he has to ward it off, and I get that. I do. Yep. Um, so Chris, this isn't for you, buddy. As you listen to this, this is not something I would want you to try. But uh, but boy, oh boy, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, this Velman and Kerescote are just uh, they're powerful storytellers. The narrative here is is it's 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 um. I was explaining to my kids the other day, unrelated to this, about Grimm's fairy tales and how the original. Grim fairy tales were very dark stories, you know, and they've been changed over the years to to almost uh, glycerined, right? They've been turned into into a saccharine version of what they once were. This is this would be like if they took a Grimm's fairy tale and made it much worse, <laughs> like made Damn. it much darker, and 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 with no redeeming moral. The one thing about the original Grimm's fairy tales is, even though they were dark, they had a underlying. Uh, they were morality tales still, right? I mean, they still had – at the end of the day, there were more morality lessons to teach children. In, in, in the original versions, they were meant to scare children into finding these moral moral stories. Um, 
this is that only without the underlying moral compass. So, uh, like I said, if you're familiar with the borrowers and you're familiar with Lord of the Flies, mash those up together, uh, amp up the animation style by a factor of three, and you've got this book. So, um, I, I can't recommend this enough. This is easily, easily at the, at the lead for me for best OGN of the year at this point. And we are, we are in September now. So, yes. you know, so, uh, with the third of the year left, this is, this is going to have to be knocked off the pedestal because it's sitting up there. Trying to find an analog for the art. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't do it. I can't find anything. Uh, uh, a similar, a similar artist. I mean, I, I know what I'm looking at. Um, you know, it, it, the, the line quality is very loose. Uh, the, the, you know, we got some detailed backgrounds and, and the beautiful colors, but I can't find, uh, a similar artist. And it's, and I should say it's watercolor. It's, it's, it's painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, this is an oversized book. Uh, it's full color. Um, beautiful, vibrant De- colors. Uh, definitely looks French. It is French. This is a, but this, as, as Gabriel said last week, this is a bidet. This is a, uh, or a bidet, but what is it? A bon dessinée, you know, the Belgian. Bon dessinée, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this, okay. this, this, this is the translated version, uh, by Drawn and Quarterly that came out a couple months ago. Um, but it's my understanding this is, this was a, a, a very heralded French book, um, that, that was just recently translated. Uh, but yeah, man, it, um, yeah, you know, and, and the thing about it is, is it's, uh, I, I think the, the, the analog is a little bit misleading because when you're being presented with humans, they're very realistic. And when you're being presented with the woodland creatures, they're very realistic. But then the characters, because they're from her mind, range from – it's it's analogous to the way, say, Toy Story, right? You, you've got – each of the toys is, is, is illustrated to look like uh, – there's not one uniform look, right, because they're from different – Worlds and different molds. It's the same thing here. The there's a Cupid doll. There's an you know there's a princess that looks very human. There's a the 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 girl that that what I would say is the star has got giant eyes and is is very wispy. Um, there's uh, there's a character that looks straight out of a Peanuts book where it's got just dots for eyes and big Coke bottle glasses and relatively simple line work. Um, and I think it does a good job of 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 illustrating that this is the sum total of what was in this girl's mind. But, uh, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's a sight to behold. And, um, I don't know how, I don't know how Gabe, Gabe and Karina were presented with this, but, uh, I'm glad that they brought it up on our show. And, uh, also shout out to Tomio because apparently he brought it up on our forums a few months ago and we all ignored him. So shout out to him too, because we should have well, listened to him. We should have. Yeah. <laughs> The back of the book calls it an unsettling and gorgeous anti-fairy tale, and I think that's a fairly apt uh, description as well. I see a little bit of Johann Svar in the in the artwork too. I can't pretend to tell you if I could agree with <laughs> who that is. So. Okay, all right, um, all right. But you know, yeah. There you go. All right, I got a bunch of quick ones. Yeah, do it. I did read the Dark Horse Presents number one, as like you yeah. read last week. Um. I loved almost all of it. I, I will say um, I never read the Resident Alien series from from Dark Horse, but this chapter was awesome, and now I want to read more. I want to know what happens. Um, the uh, the uh, crowning achievement I think is the uh, Sabretooth Swordsman episode. Yeah, that's great. That that is by far the best thing in the book. Um, by uh, 
you know, our buddies Gentry and, and Conley and it, it's, it's amazing. And I really wish you bought that maze page because I must have lingered over that thing for about good it's 20 minutes. Nuts. Right. Yeah. 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 Really and I'm like, oh, don't go that way. And then the thing comes after real. me. Does it yeah. looked even better and in person because it's oversized. It's huge. Yeah. No, I, would, it's... I, I would also be happy with the, with the last page too. That's a great yes. page. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, they they were smart uh, with this issue because you start off you start off with 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 Darrow and then you have the saber the swordsman right Conley it it just it was everything in the middle was enjoyable but it was the, those two pieces the bread yeah. just made the sandwich. No, Brendan McCarthy's Dream Gang was was really good. The uh, wrestling with demons by Palmiotti and Gray with Andy Kuhn. I want to know what happens yeah. next. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, I gotta say, as I mean, there's no surprise here. The Kabuki thing was a stinker. I I, I could be, I I maybe got four pages in, and I'm like, why the frig am uh, I reading? Four pages yeah, longer than I got. Yeah, I just I just couldn't read it. And I tapped out uh, but, on the second page of it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Great stuff. Um, did you guys read Night World? Not yet. No. Oh, I have it in my you pile be, here because you talked to me into buying uh, it, but I, I didn't. I didn't read it yet. It's so awesome. Uh, Adam McGovern, Paolo Leandri, gorgeous colors by Dominic Reagan. Amazing stuff. I won't. I won't say anything else about it because you didn't read it yet. But if you love comics when they were the best, the Swing in Sixties, uh, Silver Age, you'll love this. This is just amazing. Uh, so good. What else do I got on my stack here? I read The Delinquents mm-hmm. from, Va- from Valiant. Mm-hmm. James Asmus, Fred Van Lenty uh, wrote it. Kano drew it. It's a meeting of Archer and Armstrong and Quantum and Woody. Yes, yes. <laughs> did you get it? Again, I have it. I haven't read it, but yes, I did. Do it. Ah, geez. There's a, 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 a legendary map, a hobo map. That one guy was entrusted to pass on, so he had it tattooed on his ass. And I guess that person passed away, and the map was flayed off his body. And the butthole, there's a hole in the map where the guy's asshole was. Damn. <laughs> it's amazing, dude. And, and, um, there are various and sundry people who want this map. Unfortunately, it's been split into two halves. Mm-hmm. Archer has one half, someone else has another, and the, the, the big bad hires Quantum and Woody to get the other half of the map. Unfortunately, Armstrong has it. So yeah, oh, yeah. I got the, I got the Valiant Craft cover. This issue's so damn funny. The goat cracks me up, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay. There, there's a, a part where um, Quantum and Woody are walking into this. Um, it's a it's a takeoff on Monsanto. Mm-hmm. It's um, Mondo Stano, and there's corn. There's rows of corn, and the goat is using his laser vision to pop the corn on the stock. <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but no, I love this. I'm I'm really falling hard for Valiant. I am. The the stuff I've been reading from them has all been really good. Uh, let's see, I got something. Oh, yes, I wanted to talk about these. You guys reading Nightbreed? I have first two issues I haven't started them yet. No, that one you got me on, I don't know. Oh, man. Issue three was off the hook. (laughs) Uh, All the threads are coming together. Um, they're basically introducing the breed 
through backstory on how they came to Midian and the, the circumstances that brought them there. And, uh, man, and Draco, Mark and Draco's writing it. Peter Kowalski from, um, Sex from Image is drawing it. It's impeccable. It's amazing. I'm, I'm loving it as much as the Marvel stuff. Wow. Yeah. Peliquin is like Jeebus. one of the main. Yeah, if you're going to do Nightbreed and you stick Peliquin out the front, you you won me over right off the bat because mm. Peliquin's awesome. And um, the if you've seen the movie Nightbreed, mm-hmm. well, you know that Boone becomes a breed after Peliquin bites him. Mm-hmm. And guess who shows up in issue two? Boone. Mr. Boone. Big yeah. Boy. It's great stuff. I'm having so much fun with these single issues. I'm not waiting for the trade anymore. This stuff is so good. But the issues. I know. I also read from Titan Books, Titan Comics, sorry, the uh, first issue of the Alien Legion on Civil War. Oh, yes. By Mr. Dixon. Uh, Chuck Dixon wrote it. Larry Stroman penciled it. Yeah. And Carl Potts inked it. There we go. Ah, they didn't miss a beat. It seems like, it seems like the story just picked up where it left off back in the day. It's, it was so great. Strowman reigns it in a little bit. But, there's a caveat. Everybody's an alien. Except for, for Tori, Montrock, and, you know, you're more human looking alien. So he can go a little wild. It's not, like, back when he did the, uh, the X Factor stuff. It was X Factor, right? Yes. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, there's a civil war going on and you have refugees fleeing, uh, the war zone and, uh, force nomad gets roped into guarding the, 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 uh, the convoy of refugees. And as it, as you would expect, things don't go well. You, you have, um, people trying to bust up the convoy, people trying to just, uh, blow shit up. You have actual warriors from the, 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 the race that's embroiled in this civil war taking part. It's really good. But um, I'll wait till you guys uh, get into it. You, you're going to read it, right? Yes, son of a boss um, boy. Apparently, yes. Sure, I Do guess. You, you're not a fan of the Alien Legion? Oh, I know uh, why. Yeah. So no, I, I don't. I mean, it, 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 uh, I mean, I can't say never. It's, it's, I, I don't, I didn't pre-order it. I don't have it. So I don't know that some of my fondest memories of comics are reading those two original Alien Legion series. I, I would wait like crazy for the next issue to come out. I just love that thing so much. Uh, yeah, no, but no, I mean, we've talked about Alien Legion a lot on the show. It being Chris, oh, yeah. being Chris's favorite comic of all time. Right, right. And, you know, it props to him because it is a great little book. Mm-hmm. So, so many different characters and all of them are just like f- really fleshed out and believable. And like Miko was always my favorite. He was the, uh, the doctor and he's such, just such this lovable, compassionate, kind-hearted, pink, big-eyed creature. And you just, you just fall in love with the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have the point of reference, which is Tori Montrock. So he's pretty much as human as, as characters get in this series. So, but he's, he's not human. Might as well be. Yeah. Alien Legion was great. I'm so happy. Should be happy. One after the other. Bada boom. They were just so good. Excellent. Did you, did you finally read Captain Victory? Number one? No. Jason? Crickets, crickets, crickets. For real, it's Nathan Fox and Jim Ross. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't. I don't have the issue. 
at least Jason oh, and I were like, man. you know, we were hitting everybody up with, okay, yeah, read this, talked about this, sorry to move to this. You're just like, we didn't know what you were talking about. Oh, I have this Alan Moore joint at NS Hit. Because that, that, that. Right, so you if know, you had said, you know, Alien Legion or Nightbreed or something, then maybe, maybe we could have got some wheels. All right, we'll see what we can work out. We'll see what we can do. <sighs> I'll be good to my boys. That's yeah, all. Yeah, you will. Uh, I have, um, one or, well, I'm going to start off on a little bit of a, I don't want to harp on, on the negative, but there is something that, that I watched that, um, was actually released in two parts and I haven't really been in a mood to, to watch part two. I saw the Dark Knight Returns part one from DC Animation. Uh, I, I knew it was going to be a Batman thing. Um, it's, it looks cool. It's not, I mean, it's not Batman animated series, Tim Deeney stuff. It's, and there are some scenes that were taken right from Frank Miller's book. And I mean, and, and you know, if, if, if you're going to make a cartoon about the only post-retired Batman story that exists, then, then this is the one to do. And you have, it, I wasn't a fan of Peter Weller as the voice of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Um, he's not Kevin Conroy. He's not, it doesn't have to be, but there's something that when, when you're Bruce Greenwood or, or Kevin Conroy or you just, you know what Batman's supposed to sound like, if that makes sense. Peter Weller isn't it. And, and that right away, really kind of sets sets the mood it looks great and and they don't shy away from the language um no kidding yeah no no they uh and and you know harvey they 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 really do a good job of of bringing the comic to um to the screen it's um uh, is the animation style Miller-esque? In some places. Okay. Um, I mean, it doesn't look like, you know, the Fat Albert Formation He-Man stuff, but it, it's <laughs> not. And it's not you go on horseback. But it's, uh, no, it's, it's not, it, it, you it's not Miller Jansen brought to, to, to life in cartoon form. Um, but I mean, there are some scenes like with Batman through the sky with the lightning bolt behind him that makes an appearance. Um, Jim Gordon looks very much like he did in, in the comic. Uh, Robin, when she shows up, looks like the comic. So yeah, there are, and the mutants look pretty good. I mean, they're, they're animated, but they, they, how you would expect to see them from the comic in, in a cartoon. That's, they did a really good job with that. Um, it's just it it seems like it's not um i guess it's just not as 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 tight or or as fast paced it it things seem to be a little slow i don't know if they i don't know what the idea was behind making it two parts uh i mean cuz the first one is not quite 2 hours i think so uh it's we're up to when when the first movie ends uh it it's after Bruce fights the the mutant 
gang king lord and and uh and and he's in the batmobile and the uh carrie's all upset because the batmobile's all bouncing around and bruce is like don't worry about it the the uh the gurney's on a gyroscope and and everything is fine and he's he's, he says you know my name's bruce and and uh and alfred's over the loudspeaker you know letting him know you're delirious quit talking shut up now don't you know don't say anything more and um and so that's where the first part ends and and oh and the uh and the joker comes out of his coma but um I'll watch the second part probably over the next week or so. The um Now do they have a set where you get both of them? I don't know because I bought both parts from Best Buy because at the time every DC animated feature I own from New Frontier to um uh the the, the Crisis on Two Earths and Doom, every one from Best Buy, the DC animated movies had a uh came with a little figurine. So I, oh. I have Hal Jordan from New Frontier, I have a Frank Miller Dark Knight Batman from the first part and the Joker in the white suit from the second part. Um I have Night Owl from Crisis on Two Earths and I and I have a Flash from Doom. So I bought I purposely bought them separately so I could get right. the figures. Uh, that makes a whole lot of sense. It, it's pretty neat. Um, cause it was the Blu-ray with the DVD and, and so that's why I have that. But, uh, I do believe there is a set with both. I know you can get them from iTunes or, uh, or Amazon, but the, um, yeah, so that's, I didn't, I didn't love it, but, um, I, I wanted to give it a shot cause like I said, it really is the only, retired Batman story that exists. The other thing that I read, oh no, I watched something that was also comics related that I didn't know was comics related until the credits mm. rolled at the end was Two Guns starring Denzel and Mark and Mark. Yes, yes. And that was actually a, uh, a Boom Studios series. Um, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> either until, yeah, until sitting in conjunction with, you know, Boom Studios and Ross Ritchie as, as a producer, but, Ooh. It was, uh, was it, was it good? It was good. It was, Renee and I really enjoyed it. And, um, and you got to see, uh, Paul Patton's tits, so there's nothing really wrong with that. Yeah. Just I was, got a little uh, higher on the queue here. Dude, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, she, cause, cause she shows up and her hair's all blurred lines, but I'm No, blurred. dude, it looked, oh, they're, they're nice. And, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where, um, we watched Baggage Claim a couple weeks ago. And she looked fine in that because, you know, she's all looking pretty and, and all dolled up and she's a stewardess and, and her flight attendant and, and everything is, is in place. And here it's set in, you know, some humid, hot ass Mexican town and, and, you know, the, the hair's frizzy and, and she's just, it, not as put together, but then, you know, she's, she's chilling with Denzel and, and they're in the hotel room and the shirt's off and I'm like, I like this movie now. So. Oh, so it's not a period piece? No, no, it's modern day. Oh, okay. Uh, so you see two guns that automatically oh, makes me. Oh no, it's not a western. It's just uh, and Edward James almost is in it, and fucking Bill Paxton nice. is in it. It it really. Nice. I mean, I thought everybody. Bill Paxton. Like nineteen ninety five uh, summer blockbuster lineup. <laughs> it, is, it was. It it's 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 funny. These two these two work well together. Um, I I really enjoy. It. I would definitely recommend two guns, especially for uh, the two tits. But the other thing was. Um, <laughs> I crack the hell up every time Bill Paxton comes on screen in, in Shield. And, oh, I, uh, crack up. <laughs> he was great in it. And it, um, 
but yeah, no, he, he, he goes over the top in this too. He, uh, he's, he's awesome on, in, in every scene he's in. Um, the guy who ended up being Robocop in the third movie, um, tells his name. He was also oh, in Thinner. The dude from The uh, Killing. Oh, is he in The Killing? He's the leader he... of The Killing, yeah. Oh, okay. Cause he was also in, um, Person of Interest, but yeah, I think he's got three names, but he, he's in it also. It, it really is. I mean, they just threw a bunch of people in this movie and, and it, uh, it works out really well. Oh, 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 Cyclops. James, uh, James Marsden's in it. And, uh, oh my God. yeah, the, the only hero from the Superman Returns movie. And the, uh, um, no, I, yeah, I, I would man who cuckolded Clark Kent. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got a question while we're on this subject. Jason, should I, oh, you saw it too, David, I think. Should I buy Days of Future Past? Should you buy it? Well, I enjoyed the movie. Um, do you, do you think I will? I think you will enjoy. Yeah. Did you like First Class? I forget. I haven't seen First oh, Class. Well, you should watch get first, first Class first. You should, yeah. Watch First Class and then this. Yeah. First Class good? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. First Class, okay. First Class was the best of them until, yeah, I, it, I. Not as good as Iggy Azalea, but good. <laughs> I, I finally saw The Wolverine, which. Didn't we talk about that? Like two weeks ago? I thought you talked about it on the show. I meant, yeah, I mentioned it. I saw it. And yeah, cause we all talked about how they need to fucking eat something. They need to cast some people that have eaten some sandwiches. Seriously. They need to, to beef up the craft <laughs> services at Marvel. Carbs, yo. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, days, days of future past and first class are, are the two that I would definitely recommend. Cause first class is cheap on Blu-ray. You can get it for like 10 bucks. Yeah, you should get it. All right. You should get it. Um, I mean, there's some. Zazel's in it, Vince. Who? Azazel's in it. The, the angel type thing? No, no, not, no, no, the red skin Nightcrawler dude. Nightcrawler's dad. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of DC. Yeah. yeah. You're thinking Um, of Azrael. No, no, no. Azazel. Nice. How'd they work that in? Oh, it was great. And it's, I mean, they don't go into it. It's not like, you know, Sebastian Shaw goes. Yeah. And and he's just, he's just part of, of Shaw's inner circle. Of the brohood, yeah. Is he all pirate? No, no. no. He's in a suit and shit. He looks pretty Mac Daddy. Yeah, he looks all yeah. pimped out. Yeah, he does. No, I and because it's on FX all the fucking time. I mean, when it's Is usually it? on. Yeah, it's it, it was on it. It was on uh, Monday morning before the Mike and Molly marathon. So I was I was doing dishes Monday morning watching it, and it's mm-hmm. so it's um. Azazel. As, as a And, I mean, fucking Kevin is <laughs> awesome in it. No, it, it really is. It's, yeah, no, watch, watch First Class, then. I'll do that. And, and I would, yeah. I probably will get Days of Future Past, um, cause I, it, I, it, 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 it took the right. best parts from, I thought it took what I considered, uh, at least the flashbacks, the best parts of, of the various X-Men movies. Now, are the Sentinels a huge part of it? Yes. Do we get to see a throwdown with the Sentinels, like a real, honest to God X Men throwdown, yeah. not to, not just something stomping around? Yeah. Cool. So they made good use of the special effects. Yes. Yes. Yes, because ah. they turn they 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 turned uh, Trask from a big ugly black dude to a short little white midget. Mm-hmm. It happens. Tyrion, you know Tyrion is a uh... <laughs> he's fucking no joke. He's I love the South Pole Elf. He's awesome. South Pole. Elf. He's awesome, dude. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, um, oh boy. So yes, you should definitely get Days of Future Past. I will. Uh, I will do that. We watched. Uh, what the hell else did we watch? Um, Why don't we jump into some strain talk? 
Oh, yeah, because we're all current. Yeah, we're all current. Yeah. Okay, all right. Spoilers for anyone that, that hasn't isn't current as of this episode. I would love to do a strained podcast, man. I'm loving this show. What is I'm up really, with that? I have to say, I'm definitely very interested in reading the comics and books. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I have to think, based on the events of the previous episode with the... Uh, well, I'm just going to call them like the the blade vampires, the, the 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 quote good vampires. There has to be another old one tromping around. There has to be because how did they break the the connection with the master? Like, why isn't he using them? Why can't why can't he command them? So they they either found a way to break his hold, or there's another another uh, old vampire running around. Wait, what? one that. The, the the freedom fighters from the last oh, episode. Oh, okay. They, 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 yeah, there has to be another. There has to be a reason why they're not under the 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 master sway. There's a master and a mistress. That would be cool. As long as there's opposing forces, like you can't just. I mean, yeah, it's great to have a big bad, but when there's a a, a balancing force, you know, fighting for to 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 eliminate the other one, that's cool. Let's have that. I, I love that Rudy got got. Seriously, I was like, I was really surprised to see Samwise bite it. It was, uh. Yeah, was, I just wish he cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that he, uh, was, like, I, I, I thought that, speaking of earlier in the episode, we mentioned contrival. I, it was very contrived the way they all ended up in that one spot, but that didn't dissuade me from enjoying the episode because I thought that, uh, that if you suspended disbelief and accepted that somehow they all ended up at the exact same store at the same time, um, it was pretty cool. I, I liked the, I liked, I like the setting, and I, I really did like the way that they handled um, the infestation of of, uh, of Rudy. Yeah, because I, I, he got. I mean, he he got flicked. I mean, it was the it was literally a flesh wound, right? I mean, yeah. the, the the thing touched him for a millisecond and barely broke broke the skin, and it and in a matter of what, maybe in half hours time from there, it was completely infesting his body. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think the writing for this episode was particularly smart because you they bookended Fett taking out um, Samwise really like cold bloodedly. Just boom! I did him a favor. Yeah, he wanted to you die. Know, you guys are talking about it. We don't have time for this. Right, but they balanced that out with Goodweather taking out the the bread guy. He does him. A, he yeah, does the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the same thing that he criticized Fett for doing, and he hesitates a little bit. Yeah. But he 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 comes to the realization that it's got to be done. Yeah. yeah and true. and ka- kablam! That was a really nice uh, counterpoint to the to the uh, middle of the episode. But how about Rick Baker? Nice little cameo from I Rick didn't Baker. Know that was Rick Baker until you told us. Uh, yeah. Line, but that was pretty neat. A nice little. Homage that was to great. Yeah. I wonder if he's doing anything for the for the makeup for the show. You would have I should to think really. So, right? I should look into that. But yeah, he's one of the greats. Your cantina would not be as vivid and robust if it wasn't for, uh, sure. Rick Baker. So wh- wh- where do you think this goes? You know, I can't, I can't help but looking at the covers of the comics. Oh, okay. it, it, it looks like it goes into weird friggin' directions. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't say specifically, but there are vampires wearing things that I would not expect them to wear. That's just, I don't know. I shouldn't look at the covers, but it looks like the story goes into really strange territory. Yeah, when, when the commercials come on, I, I try to look away. I don't want to, um, mm. cause there are a couple things that we'll watch. I, well, like I'll watch the bridge. So there are a couple things on FX that I'll watch and I know Jason will be watching Sons of Anarchy and you're probably going to DVR it. So I, I know that I'll be fast forwarding through 
any commercials for the next episode and, and, uh, I just, I don't, there was, they put the teaser at the end. I stop oh, before it comes out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I do that with everything these days, but yeah, it's, uh, and it's, it, I'm not, I mean, they're, they're, they, they got out of town. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know. There's still some threads that need to, we need to come back to and, and, uh. Like what? Well, okay. Well, I mean, it's, um, the nanny, we have the nanny and the lawyer's kids. I mean, it's been, episode. Right. I mean, this, this, I really enjoyed. I mean, this, the show goes on till like the middle of October. So, I mean, we still have all through September to get through. So this episode didn't really, it, I guess in the comics equivalent, it would be the, the, the that breather episode where you have, you know, it's the, it's, it's the Ryan Brown drawn issue of Manhattan projects. And, and it's just, it, it, it's, we're focusing on the characters, but they're in one setting we're right. focusing on the one group of characters in, in one setting for one hour instead of going over to, um, uh, uh, Icor's boy, uh, you know, the, over to the guy in, in, the, in the tower with, with, with his main servant. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, or, or, or going to, to F's, um, family and, and we're just, the, this group and, and nothing else is going on in the world and, and this is all we need to focus on and, it worked for for an episode because it it um pretty much brought everybody to, it it was an episode of of realizations where mm-hmm. you know this is just and carnage it, there was a lot and it was it, it was it was walking dead esque in the sense where right. they're, they're coming into the building and they're coming through the top and and through the roof and even even Abraham is is explaining to us so i mean it's not they didn't talk down to us this episode because F is like every time Ephraim doesn't believe Abraham. Abraham's like, "What? What has to happen for you to actually really? fucking believe what Seriously, I'm telling he, you, dude?" He's getting. I'm, I'm calling him Mulder as I'm watching it because <laughs> not Mulder. I mean, I mean Scully. Because how could you not glom onto this? Look around. Look what's happening. Oh, you mean the master can control them? I'm. I don't like to talk to you because every time I do, I get depressed. Well, dude, that's. Yeah, you would think he was already a little depressed, considering he's running around the world watching watching it fall apart. In a, you're right. Like, like, wouldn't he already be a little depressed? Like, that's what's depressing him. It's, it's, he, he has seen the unbelievable up until now. Why does it take so much? To I mean, I, I get, I get. You know, I'm a scientist. It's it's facts. I need to see it happen. But for this guy who's been around this long, and you see it for, it's not like you're reading it or he's telling you a story. You are witnessing this happening. Right. And you still have that, yeah, I don't know, I, you know, you're telling yeah, me that he I, could do, no, yeah, I am telling you that. I love that one scene where, uh, he goes, so wait, wait a minute, you're telling me that we, we take out the master and all these creatures are just gonna drop. And Abraham says, yes, and he goes, that doesn't make any biological sense. <laughs> well, no, but neither does a six foot tongue coming out of somebody's face, you know? <laughs> He saw the organs, the the newly created organs, and the, the dissolved. I mean, it's n- you're not playing by the rules here. He's like, dude, looking and choosing what he can believe, and it's like, yeah. it's well, I'll accept that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I'm having a lot of fun with it, and and I'm to- very surprised that I am. Um, I I'm, I may have to reevaluate my stance on TV. <laughs> well, no, that, no, that I mean, there are definitely times where you. 
you get rewarded by something like like the strain or in in um, mm-hmm. or justify or sons of anarchy and i know that these are all fx shows specifically but there are times where you do have something that 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 you can enjoy and that you know it's not network television where it's 22 episodes and because of advertisers and even though half of those episodes are going to be crap it's it, it it's a different it's a different era i mean you have you have stations like like amc and and um and fx trying to compete with hbo and showtime and and they're not competing with nbc and cbs so you get the guy and and fx they're not they're not shying away from from the language or 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 the gore, and that's the other thing we haven't seen the rock star since, since he lost his junk. So I mean, you know, there are just there are oh there are yeah that we haven't you know that we need to, and I hope that uh, he's not going to show up from the shadows and be a surprise appearance at the end of an episode. I just I there's those are the threads that I'm talking about. So we got to pick up with the maid and the lawyer's kids who are still alive, and 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 like you said, the the. I like her a lot. Oh, the maid's great. And, and, um, so yeah, so I mean, there are some, I mean, we'll find out what's going on with, 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 with Goodweather's boss at the CDC if anything does happen with him. Um, you think old boy ever gets made a vampire? Yeah. You think? Yeah. I don't. No, you think they're just gonna. Stoneheart? Yeah, why, why would, I mean, he's done all this for them, why would they? Like, what, 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 what it, it would be cool if the opposing forces get to him, so he can have some kind of revenge. Like they'll dick him over and and not not follow through on the the medical treatment, and you know he somehow comes in contact with the the opposing vampire forces and gets turned or something. That'd be cool just to have him working for the side of good and showing him how he fucked up for whatever. What not, what I thought was neat was a couple weeks ago. There, Eichhorst and, and, and Stoneheart are, are talking and he says, Oh, I thought, I thought you were, Oh, that's the other thing. Um, uh, the gangbanger, mama's boy. We got to find out what's going on with him and, and, yeah. and, and his hefty buddy. So, but when but Chubbs is definitely oh, Chubbs is going, gonna, yeah. Well, let me, <laughs> yeah. let me ask you this. Do you guys think, uh, I don't, I, I assume this has been picked up for a second season already. Yeah, okay. it has. Um, and again, I, I don't know anything about the books. I haven't, seen, I haven't, unlike Vince, I don't stare at the covers to spoil myself. Um, <laughs> and speaking of, no, no, no spoilers you, in the Facebook thread, on the forum thread, please. I don't. Oh, right. Yeah. You can spoil up into the episode we're talking about and spoiling, but please don't tell us what happens or, or, or answer the questions we're asking. Um, do you guys think, see, I, I'm of the opinion that this gets a lot worse before it gets better. Oh, I'm sure. Right. Because otherwise yeah. the show can't go on, right? I mean, yeah. you, you it has to continue to get worse. And, and the question I have is, I, I don't, um, do the characters we've been introduced to stick around or is it going to be more like a game of Thrones Sopranos joint where most of these guys are going to be, uh, pawns in the greater game and we're going to continue to be introduced to, to new protagonists. Yeah. Well, if you look at what's been published to date, there are three books, three novels. So Best case, we got five seasons. Why five and not three or six or why do you say five? Well, it, it looks like Dark Horse pulled it into at least four series. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's one novel that's particularly dense. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I'm saying best case scenario, we get five seasons. So I, I really don't expect 
all of them to to make it through? I I don't know. Like I, it's all supposition. Based on what I've been told, it gets it gets crazy. Cray cray. I yes. think so you know what happens. No, I don't. I've been I've been avoiding any kind of talk like you that. You said based on what I've been told. Yeah. I've been told that it gets crazy. Literally, those were the words I've been told. It okay. gets it go it goes places and it gets crazy. Okay. I can yeah. I I can see Abraham becoming a mentor to somebody, but that that somebody isn't Ephraim. Yeah, I definitely. Oh, whoa. I have to assume that that Satrakian's mentor is is Feb. I mean, I, sorry. That, that oh, his, okay, his, yeah, yeah. I could, yeah, uh, not mentor his could, uh, his protege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, um, but even not something that obvious. I mean, if it, if, if, if it, you know, as we go into two and three seasons, I, it, yeah, that, that that does make sense. Um, yeah, he's not making it out. Who? Who? Abraham? Abraham? Nah. He's not. Oh, There's I no just, way. I don't know. I, no, I doubt it. I did this long. Nah. I, For whatever reason, I think he, the I think dude he has a medical condition long, long enough to get to get it. I, 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 cur- I cursed. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. I, he may not be around for the grand battle or whatever, but but I think he gets it. I cursed. Nah, I don't. They're think spending so. too much time interweaving the entirety of their histories. Yeah. For there not to be uh, a confrontation there. Well, I'm sure there'll be a confrontation, but I I don't think Abraham's going to come out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think you're you, wrong. You, you you always have the mentor passing on the knowledge and then the right. the the younger version stepping up like Luke mm-hmm. and and Vader. Come on, I mean, I, I, you, and he's he has a medical condition to begin with. He's got a he's he's it's going to be like the last ship. He's they're going to have. I want to know who's, came from my hand, grasshopper. I I, I want to know whose heart that is back at the pawn shop. Is it his brothers? Is it his wife's? Is it? Uh, I would think it's his uh-huh. wife. I just nah, dude. Know. Well, I don't think so because he was. Well, maybe, okay. but he was, uh, he was in the, he was in the concentration camp by himself. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's fond of the heart, which means it's, it's a loved one. Right. Maybe his so daughters. Could be his, the, the brother. That's I don't know. I mean, I, I, I could see it being his brother. It's, it's, uh, a couple of weeks ago when you had, um. This damn creepy keeping the heart in I, 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 uh, well, it's got the, Especially when the wormies start coming out. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous. And he yeah. Feeds it. He feeds it. If it. Yeah. Well, um, but, but, but Stoneheart, when, when they were talking and, and Stoneheart's telling them that, uh, you know, I thought, I thought you, uh, I thought you took care of that individual. And he's like, oh no, he's being tended to. And, and Stoneheart says, Vunderbar. And the, before, mm-hmm. before it went to commercial, the, the scene was on Icorse for the longest time. And he had this look on his face like, I can't believe this bitch just spoke German to me, and it—I don't know where that came from. It just—it, yeah, it, it was—it was odd. There's some, there's fucking layers here that you don't. It, you can just watch it, and wow, oh, that's a lot of gore, and oh, that's violent, and I just want to see vampires, and and get that from it, and just move on to the next episode. But mm-hmm. if if you were actually watching it, the way, the way these people are playing these parts, and just you know, just. Eye movements and 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 how they their body movements and, and how they react to shit is just I'm I, watching him run through the subway after he got shot and and he uh, latches on onto the subway car and then he's looking around to see if anybody's watching him and he jumps up onto the platform and it's just they're just and then he just looks up and and the eyes go 
he does the blink and it's just I mm-hmm. the little things where I'll just I need to see again. I uh this this is probably a series that I'll end up owning but like justified. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll get it on Blu ray. For real. Yeah. And I think it's moving at a good clip too. There's really not a whole lot of dragon going on. I mean, we just had we just had Labor Day, and they still aired an episode on Sunday night, which not a lot of networks do. Like if it's the Fourth of July, you know, and, and a show like, like Suits took the fucking week off when it, when we had Fourth of July, mm-hmm. and I mean, so there are there are some shows that when it's a holiday they take off, and and I don't between now until the middle of October, I don't think that there is a, a Sunday that they'll not air an episode so it's i mean we're, we're we started in august and and so the beginning of august and and all through september in into october so yeah we're we're at least 13 episodes right wait yeah. say, say that again it started in, in at the beginning of august we're going through september and, uh, and to sometime in october so i i'm i'm guessing that that's 13 episodes yeah yeah the, uh, the strain is a 13 episode season okay yeah. all right good mm-hmm. yeah i'm cool. i'm psyched i'm psyched I, but i'm a little torn as to whether or not reading the comics or the novels is a bad idea because for as much as i really enjoyed the game of thrones novels it has definitely um stymied a little bit of the excitement I get from the TV show. Yeah. I was going to read up until um, something happens with which I'm not familiar. I I would do that with the comics. I think the comics, it's easier to pull away from. But I the novels, things might be interwoven. Like Jason will tell you with Game of Thrones, there's a whole novel that takes place with, with Khaleesi that they're interweaving with various episodes in the current series. So uh, the novels I think would be more difficult to read, read up yeah. to a scene and stop. Yeah. Why don't we ask someone who has read them without spoiling anything, please. Yes. Yeah. Tell us which ones we can read after this, f- with the culmination of this first season, tell us which ones we can read and how far into them we can read. Basically tell us what to do. Please. <laughs> without spoiling it. <laughs> without, without spoiling it. Ah, oh, good stuff. Hey, everybody. Clock on the wall. We All done. Time. We talked about As a lot of books this week. We yeah. did. As usual, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Go there and get your comics for a little bit of money. You can get a whole lot of stuff, a little bit of money, wrap them up all nice and secure, send them right to your house. There's nothing easier. They're great people, great discounts, dcbservice.com. In your travels, not going to say too much about this book, except for the creative team. Joe Casey, Nathan Fox, Jim Rugg, Ulysses Farinas. It is a treat both for the eyes and the mind. It is Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers. I got it right in my hands here. It is gorgeous. Gorgeous. And everybody holds their own. Um, Rugg isn't, you know, his work is of the same caliber as... Uh, Nathan Fox, different style, yeah, but just as good. I mean, every page in this thing is just amazing, just amazing stuff. It's great. Colors are so vibrant. Let me just make sure I didn't leave anybody out. Colors by Brad Simpson. So it's pretty beautiful. Get it. It's dynamite. There's a renaissance at dynamite. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Um, 
this is this isn't new. This is something you can get digitally. You can get it in in, in a trade. You can probably get the issues at a pretty good price. Um, there's a library edition. Uh, the first miniseries, Hellboy: Seed of Destruction. I, I, uh, it's I, I mentioned it briefly last week. I finished it. Um, it is. It takes. You could you could see the movie, and there are definitely things where the movie took from 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 this limited series. Um, some things it couldn't, like Torch of Liberty. Uh, but the um, it it does a great job of setting the stage. The 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 voice. This was one thing that. As I'm rereading it, I'm remembering that um, Hellboy in the movie does not sound the same as he does in the comic, um, and the, uh, the the attitude is is very similar, but just the the, the inner monologue and and uh, and I mean, Ron Perlman is a fantastic Hellboy, dude, dude built yeah. for the role. Um, See, I can't separate Perlman from Hellboy anymore. <laughs> I'm afraid to when, watch when, Sons of Anarchy because of it. I was going to say, when, see, I, I, I now can I can't separate him from Sons of Anarchy now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about Beast? From Beating the Beast. I didn't watch that. <laughs> so, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> but, but no, when I read the the Hellboy comics, I hear Ron Perlman in my I head. don't. I don't. It, it's. Yeah. I just. Um, it's not as. Just. Just. I guess the attitude isn't. Isn't really there for me with that uh, I mean like Lex Luthor I just hear Clancy Brown mm-hmm. even though I love him in Carnival but um, by the way Titus Welder was also a villain in one of the seasons of Sons of Anarchy he's been a villain in everything yeah. yeah it doesn't matter nice. um, Deadwood lost oh man the uh, but no definitely it's uh, it's it's a great intro to the character to the whole setup with uh, with the Bureau of Paranormal there's a uh, if if you enjoyed the movie, I think you will enjoy this. There are you could say that um, I know we give I know, I know Burns usually a target for this where you'll you'll have a page of um, artwork where not a whole lot of backgrounds, but then you know if you flip through an issue of Fantastic Four, there might be Reed talking to Sue and it's just a blank yellow background, but then you know Sue. Leaves Reed and he turns around and he's in he's in his laboratory and there's a shitload of of, of gadgets and and switches and and wiring and so Byrne knows when to focus on what's important in this case it would just be Reed and Sue talking and then when it's Reed by himself he can go crazy. There's some of that in Hellboy where Mignola will play with shadows. You'll see half a face or there'll just be a blue background or Abe is underwater and it's obviously just him in the murky depths but then you'll see a statue or Hellboy will show up in a library and Manila does not skimp on drawing every book spine or 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 every crack in 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 the statue and it's it's uh it's still just you you can you can read a comic and and oh I'm going to complain because he didn't draw a background but the background isn't necessarily what's important in that panel and that's you start to notice these things as depending on the story and, and how invested or, or 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 deep you are into it and uh and i just think hellboy is one of those things where it's it's uh it's a really swell package all around 
Have you um, checked to see what Next Men 21 is going for these days? I have not. Yeah, it's silly. Um, CGC, two bills. Two bills. That's not bad at all. No, well, yeah, um, not non CGC. You can probably get it for anywhere from like fifty to sixty bucks. But yeah, it it's just boggles. It doesn't seem like it came out that long ago, but I guess it, it has. Did, dude. It yeah, did. I know. I know. Uh, that was number one. Number two, I can't wait till you get through all the Hellboy stuff because then you can start reading the BPRD, and that's when it gets really. Well, good. I did read. I read play. I read the first BPRD. Honking hardcover. I have the second that I still have to get. Oh, good, good. And I, good. I did read the first one. Much as I enjoy Hellboy, I think BPRD is is way far better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much more engaging. Yeah. All right, Jason, you go. Yes, in your travels, you're gonna take a trip into a new realm by a aspiring writer. That uh, I think you may come to know his name over time. Uh, his name is Robert Kirkman. I know him. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to make a name for himself. Um, but unlike his two long-form books that I think are, frankly, quite a bit formulaic these days, uh, he's got a new book that he dropped on us. And speaking of uh, the circle of life, fresh out of, a, uh, of an impressive run in the Mignola BPRD universe is his partner in this book, Mr. Paul Azaceta, fellow Ooh. Jersey boy. I'm talking about Outcast. Um, I read the first two issues of Outcast this week, and it's a gem. It's off to a great start. It, um, uh, it it's essentially a story of a a man who finds himself living in depression in a dilapidated home, not wanting to be around people. He is hated by his his the townspeople because he is uh, known as a wife beater and a child beater, and um, and you're presented with this guy who you would think it's impossible to sympathize with or to um, forgive or to root for. And damn it if Kirkman and Azaceta don't weave a story in the first two issues that all of a sudden you're going to find yourself rooting for a guy that beat his wife. And I don't – I'm not going to tell you why, but I'm telling you right now, um, it makes all the sense in the world. And um, – you could this it, it involves put it to you this way um the if you're sitting here asking yourself well how in the world could you ever root for a guy that beat his wife um the only way that you could logically conclude without me giving away what happens is to realize that he obviously wasn't himself when that happened right um and nor was likely she and i'll just leave it at that but uh as i said it is the star here um his art is perfect fit for this uh, it's, it's moody. It's, it's linear. It's realistic. Uh, he does a wonderful job playing with shadows. Uh, he's very, very confident spotting black on the page. And, uh, I, I just think it's off to a great start. I'm, I'm really excited for, for the, the hints we've gotten at, 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 at what, what drove this guy to do what he did and, and what that likely means for him as he begins to come to terms with it a decade later. So good stuff. Not that I'd likely need to be pimping Outcast because I'm sure it's selling just fine, but but it's yeah. it's worth your attention. If you're if you've got Kirkman fatigue, which I think we collectively do, and lots of people it seems like that I know do, um, this ain't this ain't your invincible Walking Dead Kirkman. 
Cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here with us once again. As always, you can find the next one of these the same place you found this one of these. And uh, please come back and spend some time with us because we love you so much. All of us collectively, we love you so much. And good night, Mark Lamming, wherever you are. <laughs> my child, my beautiful child. I love that, man. Oh, and everybody have a great time at um, Baltimore. Yes, Conference. yes. Ah, uh, yeah, we ain't going. We ain't going, going unfortunately, but, uh, no. but, but it's going to be a good time. I hope everybody enjoys themselves. Seriously. And happy birthday, Nook. Oh, look at that! Did you get him a special treat for his birthday. Her birthday. Her birthday. Did I say his? You did. Sorry, sorry. Her. Uh, yeah, she gets she get a little bit more ground turkey tomorrow morning. It, isn't that weird? I've had male dogs my entire life, it's, so therefore I think all dogs are no, male. No, but it's it's the commercials too. It's like dogs are males, cats are females. Every fucking time. Yeah. yeah. I never really all, thought of every, that. Yeah, every dog. You watch, you watch any commercial, look at any print ad, any time anything is written or said. Dogs are males, cats are females. Hmm. Don't argue with cartoon physics. There you go. Or, or <laughs> stupid advertisements. <laughs> Bye. Peace out, people. Yeah. Take a night, Dave. No, you don't have to, Jason. You can finish. I was going to say, we'll say good night, David. Good night, David. <laughs> Night. Call me. Call him. Please. He's begging for it. He's just asking for it. He needs it. Anyone wants to see David's uh, nude photos, I'll put them up on the yeah, clouds. Yeah, yeah whoever, whoever needs these. <laughs> I need to see these Kate Upton pictures post haste. Ah, uh, dude, this come on. I would see. I'm gonna put the stop button on. <laughs> we will see all later because we love you so much. Bye. Bye.